Baker Woods here, 20. This here's the podcast crew. We're hauling up at 901, about to hit the airwaves. Ready for bookstores, cool chatbots, and the explosive relationships you'll only find in. You've got mail. Well, rev up your modems. Or an earful of. You've got mail. The Ultimate Hacker Podcast. Fans of cinema. Cyber. Will find much like. That is, if you're not some no good. Superstore. Breaker, breaker, good buddy. Expect in depth analysis, breaking news about the cast and crew, a little. Internet protocol. And we'll even have a. Something for your inbox. You've got mail. Yes. Those are very powerful words. Hey, hello and welcome to another episode of Earful of You've Got Mail. Hello and welcome to another episode of An Earful of You've Got Mail. I just said that. I just, I mean, I want to be on the same message. Uh, this, it's, it's good to stay on message. Because we're in different rooms, we just have to make sure we say everything twice so that each room... It's very important. We do not hear each other. We have no idea what we're saying. Uh, so it's it, we're probably going to repeat a lot of stuff. Yeah, but we're really we we know generally how the cadence of an episode like this goes. So we can pretty much wing it. But if you ever hear us talking over each other or repeating each other, it's it's yeah because we're flying completely blind um, and um, just trying to guess when the other person is going to stop talking. But okay, it doesn't always work out. Sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. Start talking and, now. Um, you know, we I'm just have to kind of go Alan with it. Alan has stopped talking at this point, so now I'll talk for usually my usual cut of 15 seconds. So when I'm done with this, he'll yeah, probably I jump think that's, in. I mean, that's a good point. Um, I think we should get quickly into the analysis this episode, though, especially if it's going to be uh, awkwardly desynced like this. <laughs> very, very. Uh, okay, so uh, I think uh, anything before the fold except for a key line pie, uh, we, there, there's one method we can actually hear each other, which is through the uh, over 30s room, 30s chat at wireclub.com, uh, in which we're both there. It's a bit confusing. Uh, I am NY153. I'm NY152. Yeah, it's too bad. I mean, I could, uh, you know, Shop Girl was taken, uh, you know. You couldn't but, get like Shop Girl 356? I could, I could try different things, you know, it's tough. You know, three six five. Three six five. Yeah, exactly. It's it's hard. I mean, you have underscores. That's not that's not true to life. I used to be. Uh, have we talked about that? Have we talked about old AIM screen names? Did I we believe, talk about that? I believe F one. I bet we did. Yeah. Okay. And podcaster came up. Yeah. Yeah. Podcast. But did I tell? Did I talk about my secret one? Uh, no, I, I didn't. don't think I didn't. so. I never talked about that. All right, we'll leave that. We'll leave that as an exercise to the. We'll listener. leave that uh, for your <laughs> for your after you after you're dead. You know, after you, that's that's for your notes for your executioner, executor, <laughs> executor. Excuse me. My <laughs> I judge, jury, executioner, and executor. In case I ever get the death penalty, I'll leave the note to the executioner of what my what my secret AIM screen name was. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Uh, okay, keyline pie. This key is line. Pie. People love this segment. Uh, this is a segment in which uh, we pick the key line of these uh, five minutes, and we see if we match. Okay, so start. so we're gonna, or we're just gonna type them in the chat here. How does this go? Yeah, I am now locked in. I I I, I got I'm... burnt last week by it logging me out. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, and I think uh, it's not gonna log me out today. I will not permit it. Uh, so I am. Uh, I've typed it in. I've typed it. In. I've got it locked and loaded. 
Okay, so we'll count down three. Three, two, two one. one. Oh, The yes. world is not driven by discounts. Okay. Oh, should, I, should, I have yes. not, should I not have read KLP, probably? Um... Uh, you didn't have to read KLP. I, it was more. I mean, if we're looking back at the chat record here, I feel like it'd be nice to know. Yeah. But I thought I. I okay, mean, that's <laughs> a new protocol. I will yeah. now. I will now prefix this with KLP. Um, okay, good. But not read it to each other. Good, good. Uh, okay, not a match. Nope. Not this time. Not ever. Okay. Before uh, the famous theme song, our yeah. second segment will be uh, the setup. Uh, people love the setup. Yes. It's important to let people know what's good. So uh, I do have a new addition on my side. That's cool. Yeah. Um, I have a uh, hotas in front of me. A potas? A hotas. A hotas. Okay, a hotas. <laughs> a hotas. A hands-on throttle and stick uh, Oh, wow. Setup. Yeah. So, because, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm flying the flight simulators. Yeah, does and... uh, Audio Hijack support hotas? Uh... It might. I've not tried. Uh, the Hotas is not connected to the MacBook. The Hotas is connected to the PC, mm. but it's here if I need it. I've just got it on the desk, so if I need to, you know, I do it like during uh, work meetings. I just have the Hotas still here, and I kind of, you know, I can just if I need to kind of throttle up, throttle down, you know. Yeah, if they were releasing this movie today in 2020 to 1998, the cyber world uh, scene at the beginning would actually be navigatable via a flight simulator. Yeah, it could have been at the time too. They were just lazy. Yeah, I mean, I think they should allow one seat in the audience is the uh, is the uh, pilot seat. Yeah, and they, and they fly you through the opening credits. It'd be great. Yeah. Uh, so, so traditionally in podcasts, when people do the setup, do they uh, describe everything from scratch, or do they just uh, list any deltas? Oh no, it's de- well, the first episode you always want to list everything from scratch, and you want to spend about half of the first episode on that. In future episodes, yeah, just talking about diffs is good. Like whenever I got a new computer or a new accessory for that computer, I, you know, I think generally I would spend a good segment uh, on that. You know, back in in the everything digital days. I'd say a great segment. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, a good a good sized great segment on that. So, um, but yeah, a theme song. Alright, so that time uh, it was good. A little more kick, huh? Yeah, I'd say I was worried about that. It, was, it didn't have a lot of kick last week. I think the kick was uh, adequate, and uh, yeah, I think uh, I was ready to move to the theme song. Alright, uh, you usually don't talk at this point. This is still a part of the theme yeah, song. Yeah, okay. Alright, this is News, Views, and Screws. That is correct. Uh, got news. I'm on top of it today. I've got, I've got a gin and tonic here. That, uh, that is all, yeah, that's, that's stay on top of it. What news item number one, I'm, I, today I am on top of it. Perfect. Uh, news, I, I don't really have news. Do you have news? Um, I uh, don't have any news. <laughs> uh, any new feuds? I don't have any new feuds. Um, I, what's my feud? Um... No, I mean we have ongoing feuds. Well, that's not new feuds. Well, okay, that's we didn't say it had to be new feuds. We just said news feuds and. I mean, I, I think the feud update, like uh, the diff is zero. We are still feuding with people. I guess uh, website has not been updated with the feuds. It will be updated by next time. It's fine. Ooh, that's almost a screw. 
Well, I, I as previously listed screws. There's no yeah. screw diff there. I see. Uh, finally, screws. I have two. Oh. Do you have any? Well, I mean, I have one. This is a, the theme song was too quiet last episode. Okay, that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, okay, screw screw one. I briefly called uh, uh, Joe Fox's dog Bailey ah. when, in fact, it's Brinkley. Ugh. Last ep. Disgusting. Another one. This is actually a conceptual one. Uh, I spent a lot of time in the last episode saying, how are you going to disguise the trees if they're filmed in March? Sure. You know, it's like because, you know, they put the fall leaves, but what do you do to cover the real leaves? And then I realized, if it's March, they'd be bare. Oh, they just superimpose some leaves on those bare trees? I, that's what I think. So I think... Hmm. Uh, I'm now going back to, I think it may have been filmed in the winter, the previous winter. Sure. That's so my film, theory. film in the winter, and then just, like, slap some leaves on those barren trees. I, I, I mean, I would... I would, I hmm. bet that happens, you know? It's, it's like there's a, probably, a, like, a big a rubric. When... What seasons can play other seasons? And if yeah. it's winter, you can play anything, because you just put fake leaves on. Yeah. Exactly. And Vivaldi can play all four. Absolutely. So that's all I got. All right. Discovered a limitation of quick time, which did not impact the show at all, but I'm going to call it out briefly. Please. Um, if you click anywhere near the header of the window, you get a massive dialogue that takes over the whole window and prompts you to rename the file. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would say I don't trust programs that are built with people who use mouses. You know, mice are not uh, your friend. You know, I'd say uh, you should use a solid... A piece of software that is meant for people who uh, don't own mice. Yeah, I think it's more that at some point Apple just got the idea that people didn't understand how files worked, and then just decided to sort of try and change that, and it and it really has not worked out. So I mean, that's that's their entire you know uh, baseline philosophy of how things work. Exactly. Okay. All right. Uh, this is the segment called "Who Let the Nope." What. What do we call this one on this show? Uh, it's a You've Got Spoilers. You've Got Spoilers. Okay. See, I, I'm on top of it, but only to a certain point. Um, it's a bit fluid. I mean, there's some similarities between this and uh, uh, Who Let the Spoilers Out, which sure. is a previous segment we did. Yeah. So, I mean, you can be forgiven for, for noticing some similarities. Ah, thank you. Okay. So, here we're, you're going to go ahead and spoil these five minutes, the, the sixth five minutes of the movie. A very short, which should not be a surprise, very short uh, uh, summary, uh, which kind of gives you <laughs> an idea of what we're going to be doing. Yeah, in the not analysis. a ton happens, but the last minute is jam packed. Yeah, I mean it's, uh, it's okay. Well, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's spoil it before we get ahead of ourselves. While buying books for them, Joe and Kathleen engage into a very pleasant conversation in which Kathleen voices her concern over losing business to the Fox Books opening around the corner, due to which Joe doesn't tell her his last name and leaves the store in a hurry. 
And I guess this is kind of... The, mm. I'm going to continue. Afterwards, Joe, his father, and his grandfather attend the opening of the Fox Books outlet. Uh, we don't see them, but, you know, it is the opening. Yeah. Uh, and that's all we got from this episode. It's, that's short. Um, yeah, that's a that's a good quick summary. Um, and that's been Who Let the Spoilers Out? Nope. Who... You've got spoilers. That's correct. It's a little ten times harder in quick time. Uh, that's how they used to do it, though. That's how I used to do it. Someone used to do it. OG podcasting, baby. All right. Um, so. Well, what percentage of high schoolers do you think uh, run a podcast these days? Well, it's not. I. I mean, podcasts are uh, passe. They're old media. I mean, you might as well do a you know a, a radio program, a terrestrial radio program. Uh, yeah. I mean, I just that's a, the, the the changing the changing world of of media exposure. While you're like a young person, I mean, I guess the the uh, the, the cliche now is are TikTok teens. Mm. Uh, I, I mean, I, th- I mean, looking at this, it seems like most of them take a lot of effort. So I figure that like, probably very, very few people create a lot of content. Would be my theory. Mm-hmm. And I think because uh, I mean, like, yeah, doing videos, I mean, yeah, that's 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 difficult compared to you know, doing a podcast. Yeah, you can do it. And I think also, I mean, TikTok. Does TikTok give you metrics of like how much exposure? Because I think a big thing is podcasts are great because you do them. And you don't have to know uh, if anyone's listening or not. Um, yeah, I mean, I think... Well, I mean, also, though, TikTok has a built-in engine for driving tons of, you know, uh, either real or, or perceived uh, interest in your thing. So I, I think, like... So speaking of, speaking of, I, I put uh, You've Got Mail... A earful of you got mail that is that's this podcast sure. as well as my other podcast the henry george program on spotify on spotify, spotify. Spo- how, how do they what's the because it's uh swedish? swedish swedish yeah spotify uh, yeah i think that's right spotify kim.com is swedish right uh no 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 kim.com is german oh okay and lives in new zealand do you have any other put, questions about kim.com put those two together it equals swedish in my mind uh yeah it's roughly roughly evens out uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, put them both on Spotify, and then, like, immediately I've gotten, uh, I think at this point, like, over a hundred streams for the Henry George program, mm. like, a lot of people, like, and, like, many subscribers as well, and I think for, uh, Earful of, this is all three of the Earful things, I don't think uh, I've gotten anyone has ever uh, listened to a single second other than me clicking on it once, <laughs> which is, I mean, discoverability doesn't seem to be working here. Yeah, I mean, it's not, it's, if, if you don't have a uh, product market fit, all the marketing in the world is not going to help, so. I mean, is this because I put the other uh, podcasts and stuff like education, economics, and that's just like random stuff, people click around and no one clicks in film or whatever? Um, I mean, maybe? Or just, but it's more saturated, I guess? It, it Probably it's more saturated, yeah, but I would think it would be, it would more come down to search and recommendations. Like, mm. you, you probably have people listening to podcasts that are close to the Henry George program, and you probably have fewer people. This podcast isn't really adjacent to any other podcast people are listening to. It's adjacent to the Henry George program. 
Sure. Yeah, I mean, that's that's your real opportunity here is you just promote this more heavily on that. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm going to uh, invite you to go on the Henry George program to talk about McDonald's sure. in, uh, in a few weeks. How's yeah, that sound to you? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm all in on that. Okay, great. That sounds like good synergy. Yes. You want you want to cross-promote across your media properties. Yeah, absolutely. Can I uh, go on one of your other podcasts to promote uh, <laughs> this podcast as well? Yeah, let's do a new episode of the History Pod podcast, and <laughs> we can talk good, about yeah. the history of Cincinnati's... Uh, um, Fountain Square, baby. Public transit. Oh, no, the inclines. The inclines are cool. Yeah. Let's let's do this for real. That'd be fun. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I don't know that I still have access to anything that could... <laughs> it would be a real struggle to update those feeds, but it's probably possible. Okay, well, if uh, if, if you can will it, uh, it is no dream. Uh, okay, sounds good to me. That's what uh, that's what Ishmael said. No, I don't think it was Ishmael, but okay. Uh, I am... Uh, oh, we're getting a lot of cool people joining. Uh, we have a White Sox fan in the room, uh, Justin Ooh. Bell. Oh, I've been, sorry, I had that hidden because I was doing complicated quick time mm. things. Welcome, White Sox. Oh, you left. Oh, no. A lot of people uh, leave the room and then leave. Uh, Enter the room and then leave. Y- uh, yeah. And I don't know exactly, like, what is... Are they just looking to go in to see if, like, anything exciting is happening? I Probably. Mean, see, well, so, okay, so we're in... If you don't know what's happening, we're in the 30s chat on wireclub.com. Subtitle, where love happens. Where? Is that really? Is that... I mean, that's the implication in You've Got Mail, so I presume that's their subtitle. Sure, yeah. I mean, the title here is This is a Moderated Chat Room. It's <laughs> a good subtitle. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah. No, I think, I mean, people are ducking in. They're seeing two dudes with, you know, dude avatars. You know, actually, yeah, and even we have, our, our, we have male in our profile here. They're seeing a, you know, a tw- 29-year-old, which you are not. Uh, and uh, oh wait, no, I'm the 29 year. Oh, which I am not, but I it, I didn't put yeah, my. Ex- you, I mean, you need to be over 30 <laughs> in the over 30 chat. No, room. I mean that's I well, I mean presumably I eventually will be here. I don't know how it's calculating this. I don't think it, I don't think it recalculates. I think you have to update it yourself. <laughs> it's not very good. Um, interesting. Uh, so and then um. Well, I, I mean, I was blown away. Okay, so I mean, I was going through. I was, I think, last week while this was airing, we went into the chat room, yeah. and I was showing uh, some of the other people on here uh, that were just like in the room, and one of them was like a woman in her fifties who took, I'd, I'd say, just an unflattering photo. Insofar it was like underneath her chin, it was just, I mean, mm. uh, not to call her ugly, but it was just, you know, it was just not a good photo. Sure. I mean, she wasn't particularly good looking, but it was just also a very unflattering photo. And she got like hundreds of replies, like "Hey, sexy, show me, show me photo," and like it was by like Love Man. And I, I mean, I think most things internet like this, but it sounds like Wire Club is especially like that. Yeah. So people are coming into this '30s chat. They're seeing two dudes with Tom Hanks avatars, and they're bailing on that. I mean, so I mean, I would say it sounds. I'm. I feel justified, or at least uh, in not great choosing, horse, Amazing in not having horse. the Meg Ryan avatar in Shop Girl, because I think that would cause probably a lot of unwanted activity. I think it could be fun. I think it'd be fun. It could also be a pain, but uh, uh, yeah. it could be a fun pain, though. Uh, sure. Maybe we should maybe we should switch on and off so we yeah. uh, sh- share the share the pain, create other accounts. Okay. But uh, yeah, so uh, it's a great chat room. Please join us. Uh, we. Uh, had it airing while we aired it on the radio. I mean, we're not really sure what's going on here, but uh, the fans love it. Fans yeah, and really if you're having it. trouble getting to it, just type in wireclub.com slash chat slash room slash 30s underscore chat. Yeah, it's that easy. Yeah, it's that easy. 
Uh, now it's time for the sink, right? It's time for the sink. You got it ready over there? I got it ready over here. Okay, yeah. So the sink yeah. protocol, as far as we know, was pretty simple, uh, which was we start off by typing five, and then we count down five, four, three, two, one, and then four, mm-hmm. and then when we would hit the zero typed, that's when we press the sync, correct? Something like that, yes. So, okay, so five. Okay, well, you're typing five way I'm too much. Well, I'm just getting ready. I'm getting You should count it with six, please. Six. Yeah, we're probably going to hit some spam limit here. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> the moderators hate this. Okay, so now let's do it for this real. This is a moderated chat room. It okay. Is. Keep it PG, please. Uh, five, five. Five. Four. four three, three. Two. One. Two. Ah! See that one? That took me by surprise. I think it was very simple. Uh, I'm open for a new protocol. Please, uh, please write something up. How's your sink? Not great. Uh, well, what are, what are you seeing right now? Describe what you're seeing. I'm. That's why it costs so much. I'm Tom. Tom Hanks is flipping through an expensive book. Okay, that it's, sounds we're good. We're close. We're close. I'm just gonna take a little fine tuning here to get to I'll get locked in. I'll tell you when. Uh, cut. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I'm behind. Cut. Cut. Oh, perfect. Cut. Perfect. You know, I don't really think that he could be your nephew. Oh, we're we're so sick. Okay, cool. Okay. So, so let's All talk right. about the analysis. Let's get into the meat of stuff because we don't have a lot to chew on, but we're going to have to chew on it for quite a few minutes. Yeah. Um, well, I have I have a few things to chew. I have a I have a uh, gin and tonic here to chew on. I uh, actually I finished the coffee I have in front of me. I have nothing to chew on. Uh, two scenes today. What do you call those two scenes? Grab a Gatorade from that fridge. That sounds nice. That sounds refreshing. Uh, two scenes. Would you agree? Yeah, and this—I mean, this episode is unique in that there are only two scenes. Um, Have we ever encountered an episode? I think <laughs> next step is also two scenes. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, it's a slow burn. You know, you gotta yet leave it, let it breathe. Sure. So, okay, uh, two scenes. How would you describe scene one? I would describe it. I would title it. Uh, Fox in the Hen House. Oh, that's a good title. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a great title, actually. It very it describes exactly what's happening here. Yeah, that's why they pay me. Um, and uh, second what scene, what do you I get paid for doing? That? Uh, I, I get uh, synergy. Uh, I get cross promotions. Oh yeah, this is yeah, this is big for the Henry George. Is the Henry George program accepting sponsors? Of course. Uh, no, I think that would be a conflict of interest. But I do accept uh, invitations on the podcast. Uh, okay, so then the uh, second thing here is, uh, I mean, the first scene, Fox in the Hen House, is uh, Joe Fox uh, buys some books. Yes, some expensive books. He considers buying an even more expensive book. Uh, oh, yeah, that's, that's true. That's very true. Uh, but, uh, you know, I mean, that's just the overall top view. We'll be talking about it for a while. Uh, second scene, we have an opening. We have the opening of Fox and Sons books. What is this neighborhood again? Uh, Upper West Side. Well, but that's a big. Is there is there a sub neighborhood? Is just just is this the first Fox Books in the Upper West Side? That's a good question. I mean, I think I don't know about the sub neighborhoods because when they talk about like eliminating the other bookstores, are they talking about eliminating like every other bookstore in the Upper West Side, or is there a specific like? Sub. And beyond, I believe. <laughs> Which I think they're talking about doing some stuff like down, uh, like south of Midtown or something, if I remember yeah. right. 
So yeah. I, I, I feel they're just yeah. – it's more about their whims. You know, They just uh, look in the newspaper if they see something or if they walk down the street and see a bookstore, they get angry and want to take it down. Sure. Uh, so Unless yeah. it's theirs. Unless, yeah, I mean, it's, that's what business is. Business is about uh, having, uh, you know, your personal grievances uh, decide what you do. But uh, Fox and Books, Fox and Sons and Books uh, Bookstore, uh, I believe in the screenplay it's just called Fox Books, one word. Yeah, but on the front of it, it definitely says Fox and Sons. Yeah, exactly. It's a better name than Fox Books, one word, which I'd say does not have the right tone. Uh, okay, but just before we get into it, I would say I'd rather do scene one and then scene two. Yes, if you if scene one is Fox in the Hen House, yes, it is. Yeah, then I'm then I'm on board with that. Okay, let's do it. Fox in the Hen House, uh, which is Joe Fox. In fact, uh, we also have uh, two two other foxes because they are indeed foxes. Yes, uh, and one of them knows how to spell fox. Two of them probably, both of them probably know how to spell fox. But yeah, okay. one of them spells it frequently in this scene. Yeah, I don't remember a whole lot about the first time I watched this uh, when I was, you know, that would be uh, 13 with my aunt and my sister. But I remember uh, the kid spelling fox and just being very annoyed by it. Oh, I think it's delightful. Because I, I guess he's like, he's four years old, but it's very, very odd that he like, you know, is... I mean, he's, I guess he's doing a bit. He thinks it's funny to spell it, but he also seems like he's also limited. Like he can't. Like yeah, he it's li- a little weird. Yeah, that he's that's that that's all he can spell. But I don't know what I, I don't know. I don't really track the developmental curve. Is that is that a what what are people normally spelling in, at four years old? I, I mean, I would I would say you're spelling at least twenty five thirty letter words by that by oh, that yeah. age. Yeah, that's good. Guess. Uh, but I mean, the the way he says it is not like. I feel like he's playing a game. It's more like his eyes are just like weird and soulless, and it's more like he's just like a robot. And I feel that's very unpleasant. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's supposed to be funny, but I, I, I just find that that that, uh, that that texture very very unpleasant when I went through it. All right. Find it adorable. Uh, okay, so but do, do we need to break this down in sub-scenes? Because, you know, it's a little bit too much to There's, get into uh, just one big, long scene, which is almost four minutes long. Yeah, let's break it down into sub-scenes. Sub-scenes. Oh, sub-scenes continues to be the best in, in class. I love that website. Uh, friend of the show. Friend of the show. I mean, the sh- it, it, this show would not be possible without Subzin. Um, are you all shocked that uh, in Subzin uh, there was no hits, like essentially no hits for Manhattan Clam Chowder? That no movie has ever said the words Manhattan Clam Chowder? Uh, I, th- I think it's like three hits ever. One was an episode of CSI. I mean, I think maybe they just don't say it in in that sequence, right? Like... I, I think I looked up for any line that has Manhattan and Chowder in it. And, oh. uh, Man, Subson's so good. <laughs> it's real. It's a great website. Yeah. So, um, okay. No, I think, well, I mean, we'll, we'll see how we need to break it down here. But it's, you know, so he's in the shop. Um, there's lots of, lots of books on display everywhere. The kids are very excited about them. This is the, so the construct here, as far as I can understand it, you run the story time, right? The story time is the hook. You get all the kids in the store for story time. Yeah, I mean, if, you, if you're if you in Manhattan and you hear there's a free story time in the area, uh, that's, that's you got to go. Huge, huge. 
So you bring all the kids in for story time, and then what happens sure. after story time? Well, the kids want to buy a bunch of books on their way out, and the parents end up spending a bunch of money in the store. It's a pretty clever model. So let's talk about an editing trick they use, which is the last five minutes and these five minutes are linked insofar as George ends the last five minutes by saying, uh, who, does, uh, who belongs to this fish? And then we see this five minutes start by one woman picking up the fish and walking out, thus linking the two parts of this, uh, of this movie. Oh. Makes it feel fluid, uh, which which I would say. That Wait, so does the, f- the fish doesn't belong to the foxes? No, no. L- look at when this starts. When yeah, it starts at the beginning, it gets picked up by someone who's not the foxes. Yes, which I think involves that it's not just a story time thing. It's the fact that the uh, the Upper West Side Stupid Fall Festival uh, sucks in a lot of people straight to this bookstore. Sure, but. Wait, but didn't they also win a fish? Yes, there are multiple people who have won fishes, yeah. and they all go to this bookstore afterwards. At least, well, at least two but different sets. Of do people. they? Oh, and then do the foxes walk out with a fish? He, I would say, I would like to look at it closely, but it is implied heavily. Yes, I believe. Yes, he leaves at the end of he the scene. He leaves certainly with balloons. That part he, is very clear. And he, he says, "Good thing that wasn't the fish." When he gets caught in the door, oh. which implies that he's holding go. the fish. That's uh, good. Let's try to. But uh, the other fish is given to. It, it, there's another fish given to another person. That's. I did not. I did not follow that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have to watch the movie. You gotta so, follow the fish. Go, yeah, follow the fish. Uh, yeah, it's this is a woman. I'd say you know. I forget if she was with a kid or not. But let's see when it goes around. With but, child. <laughs> exactly. She's uh, expecting. Uh, so she's uh, got got her fish prepared and her children's books prepared. Uh, okay, sub-scenes, I would say one would be Annabelle and uh, Kathleen Kelly talking books. Yes. Scene two, sub-scene two, excuse me, uh, is uh, uh, Joe and George talking books. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'd say scene three is going to be uh, Joe and Kathleen and Annabelle at the table in the middle of the store. What would you call that? Uh, at the table. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, the... Um, the uh, that's not even really much of a scene. It's, it's I'd say it's a scene. I'd say okay. we have to break down the rest of it, and I would say sure. Uh, I Kathleen, mean, now we're getting very detailed here. I would say there's a scene which is the. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't even really. Oh, oh, sorry, the scene where they talk about the family. Okay, if you want to call it the family scene. Oh yeah, there was a fish in his hands when he exited. Yeah, that's a very um, very good work. Uh, good prop work, yeah. Yeah, I would say, um, f- okay, call it the fam scene. Fam scene. So there's the family explanation scene. Oh, yeah, that's fine. I fam think that's scene, the scene. subs in. Fam scene, subs in. Uh, and then, then you have the checkout scene. There's the checkout scene slash Fox comedy. Fox comedy hour. Uh, I'd say the whole movie's a comedy in my book. Sure, yeah. But there's some a special comedy here around disguising the fact that they're Fox. Yeah, I mean, because you say that we're being too detailed to break up these... Uh, no, I'm not, I'm not but, saying that's a scene. I'm just saying that's a cool part of that scene. I, I'm, Sub-scene. I, all I'm saying is the first two scenes are both like 20 seconds. <laughs> so we, we kind of need to break up the, uh, the rest somehow. Oh, sure, yeah. No, I think we got it. Oh, there, there's, there's a fish. I know, that's crazy. Wow, lots of fish. Wait a second. No, that's uh, that's, that's the Christina. Same. Christina. Yeah. One of the four employees. Taking it back to George Hans. What? I'm very confused here. 
Maybe because she's keeping it elsewhere until they check out or something? There is so much weird uh, asset management in this store that is... Uh, it's but, nice to have a store look busy, though. I think that's, that's a big that part of that. That might be what's going on. So, okay, so I, I may nice have made a mistake. fish around, you know. So how would this possibly make sense? If there's two theories here. One is it's not their fish. The second is it is their fish. Uh, and the two questions are these. Exactly what caused George to hand it to Christina? What are they accomplishing? And the second one is, in either case, how does Joe leave the store with a fish in his hand? Matt is my father's son. Annabelle is my Well, I think if so. Okay, are we assuming? Are we? Is this under the one fish theory? I, I'd say let, let's look at let's look at both at once. But let's take one at a time. Okay, so there there is. Uh, I think the I think the one fish theory is is strong because that <laughs> there are, seems... actually there are clearly multiple fish. There's multiple bags of fish, but the I... question is: there one or two family units which own the fish? I think there's just one fish because it's not. There's nowhere else for that fish one, to be right now. One fish in three bags. No, I think there's one fish in one bag. Uh, I say, look at his hands when he leaves. He is, oh, he has multiple fish? He has multiple bags of, of uh, water, and I believe multiple fish. Oh, wow. Okay. All right, this is getting very complicated. Yeah, uh, that's, you know, it's that's why this is a major Hollywood production. Uh, an indie would have one fish. Yeah. Of course. Okay, so I'm, I'm, I'm real eager to see what's going on. I, I think right now, my suspicion, he's out of frame. We're seeing all these people basically from shoulder up. Yeah. And he could be... <laughs> juggling fish. Yeah, his, his yeah. right hand is free because he's able to cover up his uh, aunt's mouth. And his his belt just has, like, f- fish bags hanging from it all around him. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Mm. He, I mean, he could be putting the fish down on the ground. Okay, he's picking up his, his brother. He's got no fish on He's got him. no fish, man. There's no, no fish, man. He's got no fish. <laughs> no fish, man. <laughs> Where are the fish? Um, we'll... Okay. Figure that out Where later. are those balloons? Do I mean this is this is yeah. There's a lot. I mean, this store must have a very large coat uh, coat check area. So. Yeah, I mean that that is the difference between like modern businesses and old businesses is mm. that old businesses they expect you to say okay, you come in with coats and hats and fish and balloons and we'll take care of you. We'll treat yeah. you like a king. Well, now everyone's got a car, so you just you know you're supposed to put that stuff in your car. Uh, yeah, I, well, I mean, yeah. so are, well, what about Fox and Sons books? Fox and Sons, oh, I'm sure Fox and Sons books would take care of you. I don't think they have this customer service that does, uh, that, that would actually manage your coats and hats and fish and balloons. Maybe. There is a nice person welcoming people, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. We're getting way ahead of ourselves. Okay, I, okay. I just, I, I cannot do analysis until I find out where these balloons and fish are. This They're is, in the back somewhere. Me. They're being stored in the back. Yeah, but he is going to be leaving in about 30 seconds with fish and balloons in his hands. Well, there might be a little bit of time dilation happening here. No. Unacceptable. What, you don't hear the part where his voice slows down and gets real low for a while? I, I mean, this is, this is, this is, this is arduous. I can, I can, I mean, my, this is impossible to take this on at normal speed because I am, I'm dying here. Okay. okay, he's got cash in his hands. He's got cash. He hands cash. She is handing over a tote, bag. Tote bag. bag given to him that does not contain a fish. Nice. Now nice. he walks toward the door with tote bag in hand. Yeah. And grabs the fish and balloons from the counter. Wow. So was Christina, was she preparing? Okay, it's two bags of fish. Yeah. So was that the whole thing that... They came in, presumably, they came with a lot of things. It's very hard to keep track. If you had better asset management, uh, you know, 
what we keep trying, but they walked with sunglasses and I believe balloons, definitely fish. Uh, do they leave with it all, or is some stuff left behind the store? Uh, no, I think they leave with everything they came in with. Yeah, I don't. I did not see him have any sunglasses, but okay. Is he's this even he's a got good... a bag. He's got a coat. There's all sorts of places those sunglasses. Can okay. Be. I mean, I, I, I will, I will trust the. the, the I will trust oh, the... I really want a Fox Books tote bag. I'm sure you can get that. I need to get a Fox Books tote bag. Yeah, I mean that would be uh, that'd be something uh, Paramount would uh, have the assets for, right? I mean, I'm guessing people have made third-party versions of it. Okay, here's the thing. He leaves with two fish. George hands one bag of fish to Christina. Yeah. What What the hell? I don't know. I don't know. This is Okay, this is confusing. Okay, do you want to get into the sub-scenes? Cause I, I'm, I would really like to get into the sub-scenes. Okay, first sub-scene is, uh, it is Kathleen Kelly talking to Annabelle Fox. Yes. And there's there's books on display. Front and center. There's a lot of books. There's, I mean, they're in the middle of the store. We see multiple tables. Uh, I don't really think. Uh, doing tables. What's on the tables? No, no, yeah. No, it's true. Annabelle. Well, go ahead then. Oh, okay. Uh, we have three books on display: Annabelle. Ten Terrible Dinosaurs, Tommy De Paula's Book of Poems, and Whiskers and Rhymes by Arnold Lobel. Mm. Uh, there's a few more in the back. You can see. You can see a book called Stegosaurus. Is this store is big on dinosaurs, and in fact, they have a dinosaur pop-up book later in the well in actually the, uh, in the background right now you can see dinosaurs that's by Cy and dot barlow and mm-hmm. that is the pop-up book uh which he uh, later gives to matt hmm. which i do not think he grabs it from the dinosaur table which implies they have multiple copies of the dinosaur book in multiple parts of the store because mm-hmm. i mean he like reaches behind him to his left and quickly picks up a dinosaur book uh there's another book called trio of triceratops so Hmm. And then on top of the dinosaur table, there's also a large wooden uh, you know, structure of a dinosaur. Like yeah, this, this store is all in on dinosaurs. Yeah, I mean, I guess... You know, it's a most, dinosaur. Do you think the wooden uh, dinosaur is for uh, sale? Uh, no, I think that's decoration. Well, I mean, everything has a price. <laughs> that is true. Event, and they're going to liquidate eventually. Uh, but, but some stuff, when you see a stuffed animal, Paddington Bear, do you think that's for sale? Uh, I think the mugs are definitely for sale, so let's start there. Okay. There's a stack of mugs. There wouldn't be a whole stack of them if they weren't for sale. Sure, sure, sure. Okay, so, uh, but they are not talking about these books. They, in fact, Kathleen is, is giving a hard pitch to Annabelle about uh, Betsy Tacey. Well, it sounds like there's like a book series that Annabelle's already into that she's giving her more books from i don't think so i no? think uh, i think it starts out by it's she's introducing her to betsy tacy saying betsy and tacy are great uh, the actual line she says i can pull up uh right in front of me right now how would you, would you like that would you like um, me to pull up yeah i would thank you thank you i'm, I'm glad you uh, support uh uh she says this is her best friend tacy whose real name is anastasia and then, in the next book, Betsy and Tacey becomes friends with Tib, whose real name, I'm sorry to tell you, is Thelma. Which implies she's starting at the beginning of, of the store, of the, of, the, uh, of, of the stories. Yeah, I guess I thought maybe this was, you know, a new chapter in the saga of Anastasia or whatever. No, I mean, these books were originally published between 1945 and 1953, if I remember right. Oh, wow. Uh, set in Minnesota. Uh, and these are a series of ten books. And uh, I guess they're notable at the time insofar as the characters age from story to story. 
and in fact becomes more difficult reading in the same manner of like Harry Potter decades oh, later. Oh, cool. Yeah, so there's actually there's a line cut out later, uh, which she says, you know, uh, I believe you grow up with them. You know, it's like you will grow up with these characters. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, she says, yeah, these are wonderful books. As Annabelle gets older, the characters in the books do, too. You can grow up with Betsy. Hmm. So that's cool. Th- that's cut, though. So oh. It's not cool enough to keep, but uh, it's pretty cool. No, but it was cool. Oh, it was cool. Uh, at the time. Yeah, and I think, well, so then, so what's, so explain the Thelma thing to me, though. Let's talk uh, about Thelma. I mean, so she is saying, book is Betsy and Tacy. Uh, you know, saying Betsy, real name is, uh, uh, well, Betsy is Betsy. Betsy is Betsy. Betsy uh, is Anastasia. Tacy. Yep. Okay. I mean, I'd say you know. So you got you got three and, names so far, and yeah. all are great. Yep. You have a fourth name, Tib, a new friend. Mm-hmm. Tib, for, it's one more great name, uh, but Tib, his real name is Thelma, and that's a real loser of a name. Yeah, it's a very unfortunate name, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, how would you rank all four of those? Uh, all five. Uh, sorry, five of those names, right? Yeah, I mean, I would kind of put Tib at the bottom. I don't know. I mean, I, I kind of agree. I would say not, it's not much of a name. Um, yeah, sounds, it's not much of a name. I would no, say also it's. You know, it's it, I mean, it's kind of a masculine flavor. I mean, for better or for worse. I mean, you know, no, nothing wrong with that. I would. But. I, I would. I would say more is just is like functional. It sounds like a like a part. You know. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like a, sounds like a like a knob. Yeah, like if you're assembling a bookcase and you you know, part of. I think bones like tibia and fibula. Oh sure, yeah, yeah, but uh, no, not great. I mean, is there is there other name for Mr. Thelma? I mean, I would say. Was there other? Wait, what? Are there other nicknames whoa, for? Whoa, 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 whoa! Explosion whoa. on your side. Yeah, things are happening. Uh, are there other nicknames for Thelma, like Thelmy or Thel? Is Thelma itself a nickname for anything? Like Thelma Louise? Yeah, it's short for Thelma and Louise. That's famously what it's short for. <laughs> Good catch. Uh, I, do, I don't know. Uh, well, well, but, uh, yeah, we'll get, get some name experts. Anyway, but right. offhand, I don't know. Okay. But, you know, but let's uh, let's just say that, uh, you know, Annabelle loves it, and she says, I will get them all. Oh, yes. Any book she wants. Yeah, exactly. But that, that comes a bit later. This yes. is the, the first thing is just the hard sell, and Kathleen just knocks it out of the park. Yes, she finds a kid that I would say you know maybe she just seeks out what looks like the like a uh, spoiled privileged kid, and says I can get them to buy an entire series of books. Yes, she knows she's she's a born born saleswoman. Yeah, uh, subs in two. Anything more about subs in one? No, no. I'd like to talk about subs in subs in two. Is what is the is the high end hard sell part two? Hard, this time yeah, this with, store with is this store really pushes the books. I mean, that's how they make money. They do. They have to sell books to make money. Not everything is about discounts. Well, so here's what they didn't realize at the time, though, is, I mean, maybe they did because they're selling mugs, but, like, they would be much better served to sell uh, toys and accessories and merchandise in terms of profit margins than they would be to sell books. Yeah, but that's not what a bookstore is. Sure, yeah. I'm just saying. I mean, is, can you... You can't do that from scratch, can you? You can't like just say like it's a restaurant. We don't serve any food. We just serve merchandise. About <laughs> no, a I know totally. But I'm just saying like you know it's ostensibly a bookstore, but what you actually push and what people actually end up buying is you know is is the higher higher profit margin stuff that is you know is is going to fly off the shelves. 
I mean, you say that, but we'll get to the bill in a second. And I'd say I think we're going to realize how <laughs> yeah, high the profit margins are here. Sure, they're doing all right on books probably, yeah, at least while well, they can sell them. I guess. But, okay, so uh, scene two, uh, George is doing the hard sell. He is yes. Tr- he is trying to sell an original edition uh, of Swiss Family Robinson. With hand-tipped illustrations. Yes, I imagine you probably looked up what that means, right? I did not. I wanted to be uh, surprised. Okay, so hand-tipped, uh, this is this means that the illustrations are, in fact, printed separately. Oh. And it means that afterwards you incorporate it into the book, either by gluing it into the book, uh-huh. or possibly when it's being bound, uh, they would be you know put into the binding. Hey. So it's just you know it's a, it's a more it's a it's a more intense uh, you know process. Yeah. You know, also because at the point like that point you you would be very very difficult to do uh, to do any sort of printing that has color. And a lot of times I guess this is the same thing. People say like it's a book with color plates. Yeah. Which implies that it's like I don't know lithographic process or whatnot. Yeah. Uh, but you know these would usually be a separate section of the book. Uh, whereas like right now I think most printers. Outside of the fact, yeah, I mean, black and white and color is going to be a difference. But if you're doing anything, it's probably not that hard to just have, okay, throughout there's color, you know, stuff on all these pages versus, um, you know, there's five plates. Yeah. Whereas opposed to if you have, you know, illustrations in every page, that would be just impossible to do at that point. Sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, uh, you know, in. Well, how do you think this happened? You know, Joe is just in here because one, uh, Annabelle just dragged him in for story time, lady. Yeah. So well, and about- now the kids, the kids are deep in the books and finding the books and whatnot, and they're excited about that. And so then I think you know he's probably mulling about, and that's when George swoops in and goes, "Hey, you look like a man of taste. Here's the sort of book that you might be interested in." So, I mean, do you think he's just hanging back and is doing nothing and is just serving his uh, family members? Uh, and then George just, like, stops him and says, like, okay, you might be watching these children to make sure they're safe, but I'm now going to bother you with this book you should buy. No, I think my guess would be Joe is kind of browsing a little bit on his own, you know, while the kids are doing their thing. And, you know, he's probably looking in the general area. And then George is like, hey, check this thing out. You might like this. Yeah, I believe the Swiss Family Robinson book is behind the glass in the cupboard. Yeah, so he would have needed George's help to see that anyway. You yeah, know, George you turn around. If you, if you just turn around, it was pointed away from the children. I would say that'd be a bit, you know. It's, well, it's, George senses a whale, and he's going in. Okay, well, let's listen. Yeah, let's your best listen. Best friend Casey, mm-hmm. whose real name is Anastasia, and the next was Betsy and Casey become friends with Tib. Whose real name, I am sorry to tell you, is Thelma. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. The uh, illustrations are hand-tipped. Mm. And that's why it costs so much? Well, no, that's why it's worth so much. Oh. It kind of, uh, I'll think about it. So with the way George kind of winces, you know, when Joe is, is you know, uh, sort of flipping the pages of, of this rare book... It makes me think that actually maybe Joe initiated it. That Joe was like, "Oh, what's that thing? Like, can I take a look at that?" Uh, yeah. So, so Joe is somewhat interested, but he's not interested at this price point. Right. And and George seems reluctant to have Joe flipping through the book, which would, you know, generally indicate the opposite of of you know if George was really pushing it, like then he'd kind of be you know enthusiastic to see Joe flipping through the book. I have a different read, which is I think. George is just not very good at this job, and he's just wincing uh, because he doesn't like having to, you know, help 
people or explain things or, or like, <laughs> he doesn't like especially trying to sell people. stuff. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So I think he'd rather just, you know, he's just, he's just uncomfortable. And he like, he finally, you know, tries to uh, make an argument for why the book should be bought. Sure. And, uh, you know, and he didn't do a great job and he knew he didn't do a great job. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well let's talk about the economic theory here though. Uh, you know, there's a question uh, that Joe asked, which is, you know, the hand to pages is this why the book costs so much? Mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, George says, uh, that's why it's worth so much. I would personally say neither of those are true. Uh, let's see. I mean, not specifically the hand-tip pages, no, but the general quality and, and rarity of the book is the thing that's driving the value. Yeah, I mean, so Joe is implying, in a certain sense, something you know close to like a labor theory of value, that the book sure. has an essential value imbued in it uh, based because upon... Because of the hand-tipness, yeah. yeah. Which is not true. It's, it's, it, like, it's only because, hey, the original edition was something that people took extra care for at the time, and therefore it's now worth more as a collector's item. But it's more about rarity than it is about, you know, effort. Yeah, I mean, I think there's two different questions here. Like, one is, uh, you could say that, okay, that there's an essentialist argument that the cost and worth of a book are equivalent, and they're equivalent to the labor imbued into the book. Uh, I would say this is, you know, that's a, a Marxian reading. Well, not and not these days. I mean, there's books, you know, you're, you're not, books are not, um, there are more efficient ways to get the content in the books. So it's not, you're, you're not, it's not a utilitarian thing to be, you know, um, to to be to be buying the book itself for the book for the book's own you know uh, content. Well, so the, but the question is, if you buy a book, how much does it cost? That's a very important question. How did you know that? And you could say it is, you know, you know. I'd say okay. So one is the idea that okay, how many people worked to make the book? You can say a whole factory of people worked the press. Well, and, and the author that wrote it. Yeah, actually, yeah. The, the author's sweat gets put onto the page. Yes. Uh, and then, you know, it all comes together. And then all you count up all the hours. You count up, like, how much wages. And that's the essential cost of the book, uh, plus an extra surplus value for the capitalist who, you know, runs the presses and owns all the capital. Uh, that would be, that'd be the theory. Uh, I mean, the other theory would be about uh, replacement cost, which is saying that what is the cost of the book? What is the actual, you know, value of the book? It's what would it cost to replicate the book now? Uh, yeah, but that's not really, I mean, that, that doesn't work either because it's not that it's, it's not the actual book itself. It's, it's the, um, you know, it, it, it's the it's that book that was made at that time, and you know can't really be directly replicated. Yeah, I would say I'd say that's correct, but I think just getting that more, there's the assumption that goes into the replacement cut theory, is that everything is more or less a competitive market, and if there's if everyone in the world, let's say tomorrow, I turn a, a, a light, and then everybody in the world, let's say this movie comes out, and everyone comes home and says. I need to own a hand-tipped copy of Swiss Family Robinson. Probably and, happened. And let's say, like, this is a consuming need. Like, yeah. their, their heart aches every morning. Yeah, they then need the that. price goes way up. Yeah, so it goes up, like, li literally, like, you know, it costs more than a house. It costs 200000 uh, yeah. you know, for every copy because people need this. And when they have the book in their house, they feel happy. When they don't have it, they feel sad. And what happens at a certain point more people start making hand-tipped copies of Swiss Family Robinson to fill the demand. 
And, you know, the, at a certain point, there is a replacement cost. You can get more people to hand tip them. It will look exactly the same and it'll drive more supply into Yeah, and, and some people will be happy with a hand tip copy regardless of whether it's the you know it's the original. No, but in this in yeah. this kind of thought experiment everybody oh. as long as it looks like that oh. and it's hand tipped they're happy. Oh, okay, sure. Uh, which you know, if you can't, that's that's like a plot point. I mean, this is the yeah, this is the you know diamonds versus um, water. Yes, diamonds versus diamonds versus blood. Uh, um, Di- uh, uh, what's the what are the fake diamonds? diamonds oh, cubic, cubic zirconium. zirconium. Yeah, you know diamonds versus cubic zirconium. Sure. Right. Well, although I guess that's kind of what the demand is, but the demand is based upon scarcity in that sense. There's a certain speculative value uh, in diamonds because. People say like, "Oh, it's not about the utility. Utility. You're not actually, you know, using the diamonds to carve stuff up." Uh, but you know, I, I, there's a there's a there's a scene in I believe the book. I don't know about other stuff. Uh, the Man in the High Castle, uh, Philip K. Dick, where I believe one guy is like selling a uh, a lighter that he says this is Adolf Hitler's old cigarette lighter or whatever. Mm. And you know, and the guy says, "Oh, is it really?" And he says like, "Oh, actually, you know." You can say, like, this is indistinguishable. You know, this looks like the lighter you can see in all these photos. It is, like, I, I believe in every in every meaningful sense, it is the same as the lighter. But uh, it may or may not actually be the lighter he used. But you can never tell the difference. So, like, why do you care? Well, that I mean, that's not true. I mean, that's, that's not that's clearly not how people think about it. Yeah, I, I say, but there, <laughs> I guess there's, but I, I, which goes to the second point here, which is there are two different things here. There is a value, uh, you know, just in, in the in the good itself, and there's a value uh, in the memorabilia aspect of the good. Sure. And in this, it's a first edition. Uh, it is, you know, and this kind of is, you know, what, what would you call this? The idea that if anything is necessarily scarce, uh, there's a certain monopoly value. The fact that you know. Uh, you're not. You're the supply curve for old, you know, first editions of Swiss Family Robinson is is you know a, a straight line. Yeah, of course. You, you can't bring more old and, and copies. And after this movie, the demand would have been a you know exponentially increasing line. Yes, exactly. So in yeah. that point, the the uh, the price where the market clears is where the demand curve hits that straight line. If yeah. the demand curve goes up, the price yeah. will will climb without limit. Totally. It really only climbs based upon how much money people have or how much credit they can have. So if you know, or or, or how how much this continues to be part of the public consciousness. Yeah, but I mean, I'd say like let's say like uh, the U.S. government could start like a Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac that would give people uh, mortgages that would allow them to buy copies of Swiss Family Robinson. Uh huh. And then you could like borrow and then pay them back over thirty years, but it'd be worth it because you know it's it just brings joy into your life. Uh huh. So, I mean, I would say, but the idea of saying that it's worth so much or it costs so much uh, because of the hand-tipness, I, mean, I don't know. There's this, it, it certainly doesn't explain the price it sells at. Uh, sure, yeah. Yeah, it, well, it, it explains, it's a second-order thing, right? It, it explains the reason people are interested in this edition of it, in part, and that helps explain and also the quality of the good in general right it's not like you're buying you know one of the worst editions of, Sw- of swiss family robinson right you're buying one of the best ones because it has this aspect of it it is funny like in general like baseball cards you know what what explains the cost of a, of a baseball card you can say it's scarcity but like scarcity you know that explains the, you know 
it has to be scarcity and people have to want it too. Like there's a Mickey Mantle rookie yeah. card has scarcity, but there's yeah. also rookie cards for lesser players. But you know, the cost. No, no, is it's, it, yeah, it's it's scarcity relative to the the eventual interest in that player. Yeah. Yes, which is kind of there's no essential need for that. It's like you know you could imagine like a different world where everyone loves to collect the worst baseball players and then the worst players cost the most. Yeah, sure. That'd In the fine. same That'd sense, look, too. Yeah, look, look but... at like Tesla stocks. Tesla stock is it worth it because you actually own a piece of Tesla, or is it really more of a baseball card and you own it because you own a little card that says I own a piece of Tesla? But really, you know, there's not a whole lot of. of well, commercial. there is a difference there where theoretically you actually would get a dividend of the company's, you know, profits. I believe, right? I believe Tesla gives zero dividends. Well, no, of course they do. But like, you know, theoretically, I mean, versus this book, like, at no point. Are you ever getting like a share of the royalties of the Swiss Family Robinson franchise, right? Uh, yes, <laughs> I think that would be great, though, wouldn't yeah. it? Oh, sure, yeah. You buy a first edition, and then you—that's uh, kind of how uh, how like um, crowdsourced video game funding works now. Yeah, I'm I'm looking up right now. By the way, uh, Swiss, Swiss Family Robinson. Um, you know, the most expensive copy you can currently buy on Abe Books right now. Uh, I believe it's—is uh, it the? Is it the entire series? Or what's this? It says 1816 hardcover, very good. First condition. Uh, first tipped. edition. Hand tipped? Uh, let's actually, I will search for the top one. The first one costs 3600 bucks. That's, I mean, that, yeah, that, that sounds about right for a, a very rare copy of what would eventually become a very popular book. Uh, eventually. I mean, let, let's see. Okay. Is this really right? Swissman Robinson. First published in 1812, so I don't believe this is even a first edition, what they're talking about here. Hmm. But boy, this is very hard, because it's, you know, you don't well, run... Well, it is a hard back, yeah. Yeah, you don't run across a lot of early 19th century books just even being sold anymore. Sure. People complain. People complain. I remember going to a library, they're showing off the digitization stuff. There's actually the Stanford Green Library. And they're talking about, like, people who work with books. Say, books, you know, they have a certain quality that goes up to a certain point then like uh, you know not with the printing press but like in the I think 1700s 1800s then it just kind of dipped down to a certain like these books fall apart nothing less huh. and I think book book preservationists just hate that era of a lot of choices they made huh yeah well because that was like when they started trying to mass produce them yeah and I think they're yeah. just very poor quality paper etc 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 okay that's all I got for uh, scene substance 2 uh, anything else there um, do, 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 no, so can, yeah, can we move on to the family tree scene? Uh, yes, we may. Okay, so uh, they get a lot of mileage out of the whole family tree thing. Well, let's talk about first, how do they start talking about the family tree? Uh, Annabelle uh, says that her father buys her all the books she wants. Yes, but in this point, actually before that, uh, Kathleen is showing off the entire Betsy Tacy series. Which are, are ten books, but I believe it's. Uh, I do, does she actually have ten books in front of her? I'm not, it's unclear. Uh, I mean, not in that stack in front of her. Certainly no. But yeah, I mean, I, actually, she, if you count the stack, there are five paperbacks. Yeah, in the stack I mean, in front of her. but but I so I'm pretty sure later in the scene, Joe Fox pulls a stack of probably about five books out of his uh, coat. Uh, okay, there are two handoffs here. Uh, so, but let, let, let's get that in a moment. Sure. Uh, but it starts off by Kathleen says, here are great books. There's an entire series. Uh, and Annabelle says, I want them all. 
And Kathleen, this could either be a, a, a very form of devious hard pitch, or it could be about relationship building. She says, I don't know. It's like maybe she, you know, your your dad may not be able to buy all of those for you. Uh, which is, I mean, that could be like honesty. I think like a, a more devious hard sell would be. It's like, oh, if your father loves you, he'd certainly buy all the whole series for you. Yeah, I mean, Kathleen is not. Yeah, is not. Uh, that yeah it's, it's kind of like a miracle on 34th street where it's like oh you know santa says oh I, you can get a better deal elsewhere and people are like boy that's santa's honest you know i like that i'll shop here more i'm not married but is that does that happen what does that happen yeah that happens in you know both the famous editions of it and you know it drives business to macy's because they have an honest santa. oh right of course yes sorry yeah that okay i was thinking of the santa claus <laughs> Very different. I don't think he ever recommends uh, bargains in that movie. Oh, no, he does not. No, he, he should though. That'd be uh, that'd be great. Uh, okay, so uh, uh, by the way, I want to say this is uh, earful of your mail here on Casey Shoe Stanford. Unless you're listening on the podcast, and then it's not, and even right now it's not. So I I don't know why we're talking about it. Uh, but I will say if uh, you're uh, you can also uh, we're we're on Casey Shoe Stanford, we're on the cyberspace, and we're also in Wire Club. So uh, please join us. We are always there talking. Always. Uh, yeah. So okay. So but then then introduce because you know she says oh your father I'm not, and I don't think at that point she's seen. I mean, I think she probably, I mean, she's a storybook lady. She knows every child in front of her and who the parental unit is uh, with them, or at least the adult accompanying them. So she is saying, oh, this this man is, you know, he will not buy this for you. And then, uh, you know, Joe is put in a hard place, which she has, he has to explain, is he their father? I mean, he is not. But here's a question. If you yeah. are going around with, like, your, you know, uh, if you're going around with your nephew. Yeah. And someone says, oh, is your dad going to buy this? Uh, you can say, oh, I'm the uncle. You know, that's pretty quick. Yeah, but that would be lying. No, no, no. I'm saying, but if you really were the uncle, you'd, oh, probably, sure. just, you'd probably just say, I'm the uncle. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, let's say, you know, instead you have a perverse, depraved family in which this, this child is actually your aunt because your grandfather is like this f- freak. Uh, would you go around every time someone says, oh, your your daughter, would you say, well, let me explain you that this is my aunt. Let me explain do, we wanna, my... do we want to listen in here? Annabelle is my aunt. Isn't that right, Aunt Annabelle? Uh-huh. And Matt is... Oh, wait, wait, wait. Let me guess. Are you his uncle? No. His grandfather? <laughs> his great-grandfather? I'm his brother. Matt is my father's son. Annabelle is my grandfather's daughter. We are an American family. That was almost my key line. Oh, Ooh. that actually is very good. Lady? <laughs> we are Shakespeare, an American family. Like, do children not even know what handkerchiefs are? Okay, well, the scene's over. She's done. Okay, yeah, desk. we can duck it. Um, so, um, let's my see. question for you. Yeah. Is does he go through that speech like twenty times uh, through the course of the day at the fall festival? Was he constantly expanding? He's like, well, actually, she's my grandfather's daughter. Uh, no, I, I mean, but it comes up in a pretty specific context here where it's worth explaining. I think also at this point, he's he's realized that he's attracted to Kathleen Kelly and is trying to, you know, say something that will pique her interest. 
yeah, and there, there's there's two lines here, which is, I think, he is... Okay, why does he get into details? Uh, I'd say one is he's affable and he just likes uh, joking around. I'd say no matter who is he talking to. He, sure. If, if George oh, yeah. said the same thing, he yeah. probably would say the same lines to George. Look at this dinosaur book. Just because he's affable. But, totally. Uh, reason number two is because he's, he's, he's flirting with her to an extent. Yeah. Uh, and then reason three is because he doesn't lie. Sure. Yeah. Well, and also, uh, it is again in 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 terms of him flirting with her, he is making it clear that these are not his kids. He is not married. He's not. You know, uh, he's he is in a situation to to be available if needed. Yes, and this works on two levels too. It works on the level of they're flirting with each other and letting each other know that they're single. Uh, this comes yep. up later when she says, "I have no daughter. I'm yep. I'm not married." Yep. Uh, and it lets the audience know that we don't have some other you know uh, child in a divorced situation. We know that they actually are both childish, which just childish, childless, which yep. just makes yeah. it easier to kind of say, "Okay, this is less complicated." Yep. But both good with kids. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, they they they're both children oriented for not having kids and yes. being in their late thirties. Yes, she yeah, um, yeah. And uh, let's see. Oh, and then I think the, I I actually think the um, sons or the the brother the the brother's uh, dis, uh, delivery is I think really good. Yeah, it's, be, it's certainly better than his FOX delivery, which drives. I think his off. FOX delivery is okay, but it is maybe a little bit repetitive. Mm. But his his no, and then I'm his brother, um, yeah, are his really Italian good. Accent. What's that? In that Italian accent with the mustache? <laughs> yes, it's. Uh, I think it's it's especially good because it's it was almost certainly filmed separately. Uh, like the, the the way these cut <laughs> back the and blue forth. Well, I mean, the way these cut back and forth, uh, like I I doubt they filmed this as one, um, you know, all, all in the same place, actually talking to each other. Um, and so, well, because kids have limited hours, they can be on set and stuff like that. So I uh, like it makes sense that that scenes that he doesn't have to be in he directly he wouldn't be in. That's uh, what I mean because it might be a difficult shot. That's a, yeah. that's a good theory. That's that he, theory. he wouldn't be there for the filming for you know because again his limited hours he can work. So my guess is they filmed him separately for the, his reaction shots, and he does a really good job with the you know selling the the he's my brother. <laughs> so. I mean, okay, so I mean here's here's one thing too. Just in general, not a whole lot of meaningful things happens at any point based on the fact that this is his uh, you know aunt and brother. It's really I mean if this was you could have a movie in which this is like a central dynamic. Uh, and you've got mail, this really doesn't matter at all, and it only comes up, like, this once. Yeah, I mean, it's, again, it, it's, it's, it's a it's, bridge it's, to uh, Joe Fox, Kathleen Kelly bonding over something weird yeah. that they're mutually cool with and that helps them understand each other better. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a little bit of color, but it's, it's a bit of a weird dynamic to have a little bit of color. It's but also, it's fun. It's, it's, it's fun. Cute. It's funny. The whole thing is funny because yeah. there's this whole thing about, like, not, well, we'll talk about this in a second, but, you know, not revealing who he is and, and, and all that. So, oh, But this it, is the meat cute. The meat cute? Yeah, that's a, a rom-com phrase, the meat cute. Meat cute. Because they meet cutely. They meet cutely. Yes. Well, they've already met cutely in the uh, over-30s chat room. Uh, well, this is a movie that allows you to have two, uh, you know, two overlapping meet-cutes. Double meet-cutes. Yeah. Huh. I'm okay. Seeing, I'm seeing double. 
Uh, okay, so question for you uh, with all this is... I may have an answer. We'll see. Yeah. Okay, this goes back to what something as last time. Motivation. He walked into the store for, I mean, I'd say the obvious reason is because Annabelle wanted to see Storytime Lady. Sure. An American family. Does, did he know, at what point does he know, wait, this is one of the stores that we're taking down because I am literally across the street from my bookstore. <laughs> Uh, does he know? Oh, it? he knows before he goes in because I mean, they were talking explicitly about this store earlier yes, in the yes, movie. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, okay. So the question is, do you think it's always going through his mind? This is the store I'm taking down. Yeah, absolutely, hundred okay, percent. I, I agree. Yeah, that's the whole conceit of this scene. Uh, I don't. Well, there's a the, the whole conceit of the scene is he has that running through his mind while he's trying to reconcile that with being attracted to Kathleen Kelly. But he does not know that she is the owner. So there's a big reveal at a certain point. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. When she says she owns the story, and then when he recognizes her mother. Yes. Which which implies at a certain point, like okay, you know, if this is okay. Uh, what we talk about was the motivation. Did he actually bring Annabelle on this block, hoping that you go in because he's scoping out for recon? I think yes. Oh, oh, sure. Yeah, that's we talked about that before, didn't we? Yes, yes. Yeah. And okay, so I yeah, think possible. I think that's true. Yeah, yeah. So he's on recon, yep. uh, which is might be why he's asking us to Robinson because he's trying to figure out their inventory and stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's not a bad theory. Yeah, yeah. He wants to find oh, their rare books, how much they sell for, you know, how much does how much they really push them. Oh, right, because isn't their whole thing that they're like acquiring the live? Yeah, they found this architecture library in one book, and that was a great acquisition. Yeah. So right. So they're. Shutting, they're they're putting other bookstores out of business and acquiring their their inventory. Yeah, he's going so to run course, to a payphone and get to Nelson and Skyler and say, yeah. it's "Like guys, we have a first edition of Susan Robinson." This yes, is, this exactly. Is make us. Yeah, so he knows he already knows this is going to be some valuable inventory. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I think that's part of it. So he thinks he's flirting with some employee. Yeah. Uh, that's like okay, you know, maybe we can inquire this employee. Maybe yeah. this, uh, maybe this, this shop girl who works for the store uh, is 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 acquirable. Uh-huh. And then he is devastated to find out it's Kathleen uh, Kelly. That's that's a theory. Yeah, I think that's a fair read. I, I did not read it that way, but I think that's a fair read. Yes, which I would say it works in a couple's. I mean. I would say the first time I watched this, I did not, I think, maybe realize that he is the fox in the hen house, that he is actually preying on them. As much as, like, it feels like he is, and this is kind of a Tom Hanksian thing that works, is that he's in a tough situation because now he has to hide his identity. Yeah. And he's hiding it for, you know, why? He's hiding it because... Well, he's hiding it because he doesn't want to put her off. He, yes, because he feels he has a chance of something better happening. Yeah. Or is it just because he feels uh, he, he feels that uh, uh, if in this you know antagonistic setting, if he says I am the fox booksman, then suddenly like George and everyone will start like you know will all team up against him. Uh, maybe. I mean, I think just generally. Well, a he wants to keep the peace. He's there with his kids, or sure. with, not his kids. He's there with kids. And so he wants to keep the peace. And then B, he certainly wants to leave Kathleen Kelly with a positive first impression of him. Okay, but not to get ahead of ourselves. Yeah. Uh, yeah, let's in not. A, in a future scene... Well, let's not. Okay. In a future scene, uh, they meet up. And uh, at that point, she says, you're Joe Fox? And he's like, yeah, I'm Joe Fox. And I mean, well, let's not get too much... I, I, yeah, I mean, let's not uh, even... But I'm just saying, this implies... I mean... His lo- his long term chances with her would imply that he has to keep his identity secret 
forever, which is not... Not forever, but, you know, he has to build a relationship with her before he reveals this fact that would that would prevent him from even having a chance of building a relationship with her. So do you think that right now he's actually creating a plan, which is, I'm going to come back to the store many times. Well, uh, he does I, say that, yeah. And I will yeah. continue to not reveal my identity, <laughs> and I will actually, uh, yeah. you know, just kind of see where this goes. Yes, I think so. Okay, yeah, maybe. I th- I really think my read is he just wants to get out. Well, sure, he wants to get out, yes. Because he does kind of check out pretty quick. But no, I think, I mean, when he says the yes, I'll okay. be back thing. Well, listen. It, uh, my dad gets me all the books I want. Well, that's very nice Watch of him. Oh, that's not my dad. That's my nephew. Oh, he takes the books. He takes the books, but he gets four out of the five. And the, no. <laughs> the fifth one seems to drop down drop to the, the floor. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, okay, so that's uh, that's all right. Most Mini things before. Scene. Yep. So I think I'll pick up the audio again when she goes behind the counter. We'll listen to that, then we'll talk about the last part of the scene. Okay, very good. Um, I almost had a. I do think it's cool that the. Um, I'm his brother. I do think it's cool. So that as much as you hate the FOX thing, it is it's funny. A, I, I think it's annoying based on repetition. Yes. It, well, it's funny that it's a callback joke, though, right? Like, like from earlier. We we learned he, that that's that he learned how to spell that earlier. Yeah, Nanny Marine it a uh, taught him that, which yeah. is a great feat. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and okay, then um, oh we got, we got she doesn't even know what handkerchiefs are. A handkerchief is a Kleenex that you don't throw away. See, my mother embroidered this for me, my initials, and a daisy because daisies are my favorite flower. May I ask who you are? Kathleen Kelly. I own this store, and you are Joe. Just call me Joe. We'll take these books. Okay. Devastating. You're going to come back, aren't you? Uh, He's nervous. <laughs> of course. See? Yeah. That is why we are not going to go under, because our customers are loyal. They're opening up a Fox Books around the corner. Fox Books? My daddy... L- likes to buy a discount. But don't tell anybody that, honey. There's nothing to be proud of. F-O-X. <gasps> that is amazing. You can spell Fox. Can you spell dog? F-O-X. Look at this dinosaur book. It's a pop-up dinosaur book. Wouldn't you like to have a dinosaur book like that? Wouldn't you like to read that? Here, Annabelle, you sit here and read that book until I take care of things. Whatever you do, just don't listen to anything I say, okay? Thank you. Should we call this... I'm going I'm we'll to say that's subs in four, and the rest is subs in five, so we'll, we'll get uh, sure, we'll get sure, that sure. later. Uh, I have two corrections that I'm going to get ahead of, ahead of myself. Uh, yeah, that's okay. That's permitted. Uh, well, one correction is my key line pie was, oh, yes. Actually, I meant to say, oh, of course. Oh. So I screwed up my key line pie. I'm wow. sorry. Wow. Well, well, we'll we'll talk about that next episode. No, no. I'm, I'm, I'm getting the, the screw out of the way right well, now. Well, we should also talk about it next episode. No, absolutely not. Uh, the other thing is I said a few minutes ago he does not get the dinosaur pop-up book from the dinosaur table. You can clearly see he does get it from the dinosaur table. So. Of course. Where else would he get it? Well, I thought they like just moved the prop because it had a fit within the flow of the scene, but no, actually they did. It was great. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so uh, we mostly talked about you know this part of the scene, which is he is uh, he. This is this is him dealing with how is he going to get out of this pickle, which is mostly the fact that he and the audience is like, boy, he's in a tough spot. He does not want to reveal his identity. And he's uh, yeah. being, he's, and it's funny. And he's up against uh, these two kids who are about to blow the blow the, the his identity. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's great. It works well. It's funny. The kids are cute. They're yeah. you know 
It's it's a it's a funny situational comedy thing. It's a, it's a fun it's a fun game. It's a fun banter that the audience gets into. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, okay, that's. Then then we get to some additional economic theory. Sure. Kind of. And where he to, grabs the the pop up book and puts them on the table. And we get to my key line. No. And, and he tells okay he brings them back to the table, uh, mm. with the pop up book, and he tells them do not listen to what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> and they're cool with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like, Maybe this happens a lot. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Which is implied. It's not really... It's not poisonous for them to hear stuff as much as he knows they're going to say stuff. Sure. Yes. Sure. Um, so... Let's see. Um, then Joe just called me Joe, and then they talk about her mother a little bit. Is there anything notable in there? It's kind, of, it's kind of weird, you know. She says, I'm Kathleen Kelly. She says, I'm just Joe. Call me Joe. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's, I mean, that's, it's a bit rude if someone says, I have a first name, last name protocol. How do you engage? Eh, it's funny. I, that was almost my no, it's, it's, it's a joke, though. I mean, like, it's it works. It's a joke. It works. It's a great joke. Uh, I mean, I think this is, you know, the movie is built upon the fact that when you see Tom Hanks who has charisma, and Meg Ryan has charisma, interact, uh, it is necessarily going to be fun. Oh, it works super well. Watch. Super well. I mean, it doesn't matter how good or bad their lines are. They are going to sell it because they're, uh, you know, they have star power. Yes. And they, and they do. They absolutely, I mean, that is the backbone of the scene. Yes. Um, okay, let's, we got to we gotta power through the rest of scene one, because there's a lot in scene two we need no, to No, we unpack. have 45 minutes left in the show. We're good. There's a lot in scene I, two let's, we need to Let's get to subs in five, and then we'll finally wrap all this up. But let, let's get ahead of ourselves to say the, he, the, the purchase is now compiling. Uh, so we, he already has five paperback books, five yep. of the Betsy Tacey series. Yep. It's supplemented, we're going to hear in a bit, with this pop-up book that they're now reading at the table. Let me guess. He's like, I'll get that too. Sure. Um, and we see him leave with, I think, just those six books plus a tote bag. And that's $73. $73. Also, at no point does he seem to be asking for the tote bag. Is yeah, this, he gets this? a free tote. I mean, it's his first time there. Of course, he get a free tote bag. Uh, I guess if you're if you're if you're charging seventy-three bucks for uh, six paperbacks. Oh no, sorry. Uh, I feel for 1998. That's inc- like what well, that would be like. I'd say at least 120 now, right? Uh, it's 114 dollars and 45 cents. So almost 20 bucks a book for all these paperbacks. That is so. I mean, the, okay. So the pop up book. Well, the pop up book could easily be, you know, today that could easily be a 25, 30 dollar book. Yeah, it's out of print, so it you know, uh, you know, older copies. Because I think it, it was sold in the late 70s. Mm. You know, she's not only selling in print books; she's selling a lot of out of print books. Sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, so out of print book you can buy in the marketplace. I mean, let's just say, yeah, twenty bucks. It might be reasonable. Uh, it's pretty pretty incredible. They actually rang it up, just knowing the price of the book. Uh, because they don't even like see the sticker. They just know that pop up book is worth twenty five bucks. Well, they're pretty. I mean, they they've got they that's their specialty. They've got you know not a ton of inventory, and they're very familiar with it. I'd say it's very hard to just know what the inventory price offhand. Or they have standardized prices for pop-up books. I don't know. That's probably smart. That's probably yeah. it. A uh, lot, lot of money for, for six books. Okay, now let's... Uh, I don't think that's crazy. I don't know. Subs in five. Let's listen. Just don't listen to anything I say, okay? Thank you. Well, we'll, we'll take that pop-up book as well. You know, the world is not driven by discounts, believe me. I have been in business forever. I mean, I started helping my mother after school here when I was six years old, and I used to watch her. 
And it wasn't that she was just selling books. It was that she was helping people become whoever it was they were going to turn out to be. Because when you read a book as a child, it becomes part of your identity in a way that no other reading in your whole life does. And I have gotten carried away. Yeah. Yeah, you have. You've made me feel... Enchanting. Your mother was enchanting. Yes, she was. Uh, how will you be paying for this? Cash. How did you know that? Well, from the photograph. Oh. Is that you in the photograph? What are you doing? Twirling. <laughs> my mother and I used to twirl. Anyway, she left the store to me, and I'm going to leave it to my daughter. Uh, $73, please. How much? Uh, $73. Cool. Uh-huh. How old uh, is your daughter now? Well, I don't have a daughter. Oh, no, I'm not married, but eventually. So, yeah, the big bad fox books can just go to. Never smile ah. at a crocodile. You, you, hey, we're ready? Yeah. Nice. Bye, Bye, Matt. Oh, oh, Matt. You know what? I have to ask you another thing. Can you spell cat? Never tip your head a Never stock. Good thing it wasn't the fish. Okay, Real we're done good. with our substance. Well, what we'll great work, but we'll look more analysis. Last it's substance. impressive that he's able to, I mean, to film that, like to, to get the one balloon stuck in the door is pretty actually hard. To well, do. actually, uh, on the shooting script, uh, the balloon stuck in the door and him saying good thing wasn't the fish is not in that. That might be ad-libbed. You think that was ad-libbed? Well, it could be ad-libbed uh. or actually you know, the balloon gets stuck and then he says line. So it could be like it gets stuck. I'm like, oh, that could be funny. Maybe, uh, you know, because he's already so Oh, you uh, think they ruffled. dubbed over a line? Or? No, no, no. I, I think on the set they might have filmed him leaving uh, and then it gets stuck. And they say, oh, that's funny because he's already, you know, harried and doing all his uh, chaos. Yeah, roll and with it. Yeah. Roll with it because it's funny to film. And then also it would be funny if he says something funny afterwards. Like, oh, and you know, good thing it wasn't the fish. I, I choose to believe it was ad-libbed and that Tom Hanks is a genius. Uh, I mean, I would say it could be ad-libbed in the moment. But actually, it's not one fluid shot. So I think they had the choice to decide how to follow it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's so true. I, I would say I think it was created on set would be my theory. Yep. Uh, okay, so there's a, a bit going on here. Uh, there's more of the game. The game involves... <laughs> at one point, uh, he says, this is my big question, why does... What is he doing by saying, you made me feel? Because the, the, the line back and forth is her saying, she talks about like identity, she talks about you know why it is not about discounts, uh, books create your identity, they change who you are. He says... I got carried away, didn't I? And he says, yes. <laughs> uh, but I mean, it's, it, everything works because their, their charisma, you know, kind of makes the weird seem good. Uh, and after uh, he says, yes, he says, you made me feel. And then he says, enchanting. Okay, why did what was he saying? It's he says not, you made me feel. I wouldn't read too much into it. Was that it's, a filler word? Is that what he says when he's just stalling for time? It's like you made me feel. No, I think he's he's trying to formulate thoughts, and some stuff is coming out of his mouth that is reflecting 
his interest, but he he can't quite express it in the right ways, and he's basically just stumbling over his words. I wouldn't read too much into it. Sure. So is is the point like is he fallen in love? And the first thing he says is, "You made me feel." Is that yeah. just what he says automatically? Yeah, when he falls sure, in love? kind of. I mean, yeah. he, again, he's stumbling over his words. It's not it's not coherent. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, is and part of that is you know he says, "You made me feel enchanting." Is almost like he says. You made me feel enchanted with you, but he's instead quoting Skylar, who was talking about how enchanting her mother is. Sure. Yeah, exactly. And uh, he has to, okay, so there's two different things here. Uh, he says enchanting. Your mother was enchanting. Uh, is is he saying that? Does he save him remembering that by saying, yes. "Oh, I know your, well, I know the photo," or did he say that after seeing the photo? He, yeah, he saw the photo. It reminded him of the line that his grandfather said. Sure. And then he said that line aloud because, again, he's just is just like he's a wreck. Verb- yes, it's verbal diarrhea right now. It's whatever, whatever is coming out is is in his head is coming out of his mouth. Yeah, I like the idea of saying your mother was enchanting, and she says, "How do you know that?" Like it's some fact about her mother. Like your mother was born in Boston. It's yeah. like, how did you know that? It's like your mother was enchanting. Where the well, a lot I of mean, people it, just say about anything. No, like, I mean she could. It's more like how do you know anything about my mother? Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, it's a, but you could just say to strangers like your mother must have been enchanting. Enchanting your mother. I mean that would also be weird. I, I think I think she's basically pushing back on. Uh, Nothing's weird when you're Tom Hanks. How did you know? There's no way for you to know what you're talking about, so please explain, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it works. They're, okay. they're twirling. And then, um, let's. And then do. And then he. Yeah, they twirl. The picture is great. Um, and they. And he stumbles out the door. Oh uh, yeah! Before he stumbles out, we uh, music kicks in. Uh, oh yes, the Mr. Fox song. Uh, it is a Mr. Fox song. Uh, the song is "Never Smile at a Crocodile." Ah. Uh, do you know the song? I it sounds kind of familiar. Well, actually, made for a certain reason. So this is this is a recording by the Paulette Sisters from 1953. Mm-hmm. Uh, the song was written in 1953 and uh, popularized in 1953. It is from uh, Disney's Peter Pan. Oh. Notably, it was cut from the movie. Ew. But the song remained in the movie as an instrumental cue. Huh. So uh, it is. It is a song which you hear the music of, but not the... See, they, they film this in two shots. Uh, you hear the oh, music, yeah, you're right. but you don't see the... Uh, you uh, you don't hear the lyrics. So that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, I'd say functionally it serves two purposes. It kind of cues in the fact that she is an old-fashioned bookstore. Insofar as the early 50s, uh, early 50s, you know, girls, sister group, has a very old-fashioned sound. Also, functionally, it does describe... That she is smiling at a crocodile in the in a form that he is a pred- predatory f- uh, figure, and and it's and and from a timing perspective, it's timed really nicely to as he's stumbling out the door, it gets increasingly zany, and then it you know concludes as the door shuts, right? So yes, I think it's it's Mickey Mouse. Day. It works. Uh, I would say it, yeah, it just it, it the sounds feel right, but unlike some other things, and this is kind of a transition. Are you done with subs in five? This is this has been arduous because we've well, never had. I mean, yeah, there's one more thing that I noticed here, which is uh, after he leaves, then George goes to attend to the other customer. 
Mm, you see that part? Uh, no, I didn't see that. Let's and it's another. Cu- it's another. Oh, it's customer. the guy that coming from the back. He's the guy that comes from the back. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And who's very serious about whatever book he is buying? It's it's a it's like a dour you know conversation happening about that book. Yeah, he looks like an accountant. He's yes. Very, yeah. very serious. <laughs> yes. I, I and again, I'm going to say at some point, Christina brings the balloons and fish and puts on the counter that's i think incredible which i think also implies that the other fish was someone else's but not to get that one more time uh one more thematic point is kathleen is talking about how this is very similar to like you know what we said their value systems are earlier that her entire value system is about uh how one creates her own personal narrative you know that's that's the main value out of the store it's more the store for her is less of a place to uh sell goods as much as it's kind of a like a self-help guru place in which you help uh, children uh, mature into adults, so it's more of a therapy place than a, than a bookstore. Sure, yeah, which is just I mean, worth keeping in mind. Uh, okay, so as we transition, I'd say the the first thing I want to say is the uh, the 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 chaos between the two songs. Uh, we have a very old-fashioned song, which is uh, "Never Smell a Crocodile." And then we have uh, this, uh, you know, played up against an incredibly uh, raucous modern song, which is Splish Splash by Bobby Darin. Is that modern? I'd say the sound is much more modern, even though it is from 1958. It's only, I mean, that's <laughs> it's only yeah. five years later. But I, I think it's supposed to feel jarring, right? Uh, a little bit, but I don't know that it's supposed to feel modern. I, it's a it's a stretch to think that Splish Splash is supposed to feel modern. I think it's about okay. You have the old versus the new. The old shop on the corner. No, then it the would new be, is, is no. The it, it, it would it would be like uh, you know Daft Punk. <laughs> okay, here's my question for you: Why did they choose first Rock and Robin and then Splish Splash for these two scenes? Um, because they're fun songs. I th- I think they're both from 1958. If I have that right. Oh. Interesting. Uh, but, I mean, okay, so the previous 1958, scene. 1958, uh, 1998? Yeah, absolutely. The the quaternial? Quatern, quatern, People picked up on that. No, because my question to you is, if the previous scene was about, like, let's say he looked at a tree and there was a robin, and the robin was actually, like, uh, had a guitar and was playing a rock song, mm-hmm. I would say rock and robin would be a perfect song to play. You know? Sure. It would fit perfectly, but instead they're at a fall festival. I don't get the connection. Um. Okay. And like, and so the next scene is Splish Splash. If this was like uh, Joe Fox actually in a bathtub, and he is in fact spilling water on the floor, I'd say incredible okay. choices. Okay. 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 I, there are fun songs that highlight the energy of the moment, not the literal content of the moment. I, 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 so what? What is the what is the feeling that is capturing? Just fun? It's exciting. It's super fun. I got so excited when that scene started. You see shops opening. You hear splish splash. You're looking at this gorgeous Fox Books bookstore. Yeah. Like it's it's fun. Well, so, so the metaphor is like the overflowing bathwater. Uh, you know, it's just the no, energy. Not, that... not no no. It's a fun energetic song <laughs> that accompanies a fun energetic bookstore opening i i mean nothing nothing happens without a reason uh-huh uh i don't know I, i'd say i mean do you think any song from from 958 would work any that up, kind of any upbeat fun you know fun song yeah okay fair enough yeah you could have played rock and robin here you could have inverted them it'd be fine no, I mean, oh, uh, okay, that's a good point. Uh, I would just say I think there is a really major t- uh, change in tone from the rock and roll era. 
I mean, you say like modern versus old, but honestly, 53 to 58, like that is night and day. Sure. I mean, I, no, I agree. There's definitely a tonal shift there, but I would say it's more from, I mean, yeah, it's from like zany and bespoke to like energetic and driving, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. 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 Uh, okay. So I know you have a lot that you want to discuss. Do oh. you want to talk about the sub scenes of, of scene two? Oh, there's so, no, we should talk about it all at once because there's so much good stuff. Oh, oh, there's so much good stuff. Oh, this whole scene. I, I, I will quickly this whole say scene. There, are, there, are five, there are five different shots. One is the exterior shot, people waiting outside. Scene two is people flooding into the lobby. Scene three is a close-up of tarts being put, or tarts and other snacks being yep. put in a some in a uh, some lemon tarts, good good lemon tarts. Yeah, and I guess oh. I, don't, I don't know exactly what that thing is in the right, but it's a, it's another pastry. Yep. Uh, there is a shot of lunchtime man. Yes. I, I, oh, he's so cool. And then we see a shot uh, panning to the right across uh, many uh, aisles as people are moving. A, and they're moving a sign either into or out of place is unclear, but they're moving a sign that says thirty five percent off bestsellers. They absolutely are. Because uh, that's the promo. So the promo for opening day is 35% off bestsellers. Be Get yes. people in the door. Yes. And they apparently have a sign they've yet to put up. Or had a sign that was out front it, blocking the entrance, and they're now moving it. That, that was... know, you can see the exterior shot. It was not blocking the entrance. No, 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 no. Before they opened, right? So they, so they in the morning, when people were lining up, they might have had a sign that was out there that they're now bringing inside. In, in front of the metal grates? Yeah. Uh, there's or actually some, scene zero. You know, scene zero out, is out front. Uh, other businesses opening. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of other businesses. Well, which opening. is a, which is the second time they've done this in the movie. I know. You know, it's a, I think it really shows what is the movie about. It is about commerce and New York and New and, and yeah and the spring. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so there, uh, it's a copier place, a pizza place, and a dry cleaners. But, uh, okay, so let, before we talk about the sub scenes, why don't you talk about just talk about the holistic take? Yeah, so this is this is one of my favorite moments so far because um, I think it's it it manages to um, it does such a good job of evoking what Barnes and Noble felt like in the late '90s, early 2000s. Um, it also is also very uncanny. I didn't really realize that like Barnes and Noble and Borders have a very particular architectural style. Yeah, that like it it feels. It still feels kind of like uh, grand to see, to see it, yeah. even this many years later. And like you realize, like boy, in these in these decades, it has rotted and fallen away as like as like something of a different age that is like. But it still actually it still hits as like a pretty cool way of building a look. Oh, and the the smell walking in, there's that like you know uh, the like pure you know filtered paper smell like. I can just I can just feel being there. It's super good. It's um, and then the you know the little the little touches here and there that are just sort of simultaneously celebrating and poking fun at the nature of a mega bookstore. Yeah, um, mega mega bookstore. Uh, the uh, you go the shop around the corner. It's like a like relatively low ceiling. You know, you have what does it smell like? Old books. Sure. Some yeah. People, musty. I, 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 yeah, yeah. Probably. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Which is also nice in a different way. You know? Yeah. And, and yeah. one more thing, I feel like I, I didn't bring up, but I really need to, is that uh, she is very big on handkerchiefs, which yeah. is just a piece of fabric that contains mucus and other stuff. Which yeah. is, and she acts like a total boomer to say it's like kids these days they don't know handkerchiefs. Can you believe this? <laughs> it's kind of kind of lame. Yeah. It's super lame. 
Uh, that would never happen in Fox Sports. No, they would have... It's just like, oh, this is what people used before Kleenexes when I was a kid. Uh, but no, they just like, have a bunch of Kleenexes on hand. Yeah, I mean, Fox Fox and Sons must have so many Kleenexes. Yeah. Um, so, let's see. Yeah, so I just... I love... I think they do just a wonderful job of recreating that whole experience end-to-end, um, which is really cool. It's an, I mean, I'll say this. That is a really amazing set. They built yeah. this set for the yep. movie, and it yep. looks great. Cause they, I think they built this in an old Barnes & Noble yeah. husk. But, I mean, they made it their own. There's a lot of Fox uh, Fox paraphernalia in there. Oh, the Fox tote bags look really great. They have uh, a Fox globe in the back spinning around. Ah, cool. There's a sign in the lobby. Do you see the, the internet sign? No. It's really funny. There's It's on the end of an aisle, and it's a poster. It says, Fox and Books Internet. And then it has a, uh, a like a picture. It looks like a cyber city with a bunch of CDs floating around. <laughs> and then at the bottom, it has their internet address. Nice. Which I did not actually try to, to log into. That's actually a mistake. Uh-huh. But uh, look, it's on the left side when they pan left in the lobby in a second okay. here. Okay. Let's so, see it, yeah. So this. So I mean, talking a little bit about the about what is actually the there there of of Barnes and Noble in the late nineties, early two thousands. Sure. So it, it was a place where you could hang out for a long time. Um, they, you know, there was no pressure to buy things, right? Loitering was, was, was welcomed. Loitering was welcomed. Um, they had plenty of little nooks and crannies where you could kind of just post up for hours, uh, like this guy is doing. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, you post up for hours. You could bring your laptop. That was probably the part I always found most exciting. It was a reason to... It was, it was, it was a place I could go that got me out of the house where I could still bring my laptop and know that I'd have access to Wi-Fi and, you know, uh, and, and be able to do stuff there. Which is a funny thing about that sign that says Fox and Sons Internet. I would expect it to say, we have Internet. Please jack <laughs> into our Ethernet jacks or, you know, I think this would be too early for Wi-Fi. We looked this up in a previous show. Yeah, I exactly. Think, yeah. But no, but I think... Uh, no, two, 2002 plus should be fine for Wi-Fi. But yeah, 98 would be too early. But Internet cafes exist and I would have expected them to say, oh, Fox and News, Fox and Sons Internet, you know, we have internet in our bookstore. Yeah, uh, but it, instead, it just has. It's like, no, we are Here's on. You can look us up. We well, no, but this also probably was at this time. It probably would not have made sense to bring a laptop to the store and and use the internet there. Uh, like, I don't think that model really existed. So, internet cafes were saying use our. Yeah, use, use our. I mean, they might have. Yeah, right. They might have had. You know, a, a, a console set up, or you know, a, a a a bay of PCs somewhere, right, or whatever, like a library does. But, but. I strongly remember going to a use the library internet uh, computers in oh, 1999, sure, sure. Like early 1999 to get uh, Crash Bandicoot 2 cheat codes. Oh, good. Yeah, that's a, a strong memory. I, by the way, this is the URL on the on the site. Do you know what the URL for the bookstore is? No. Foxandsons.com. Oh, is there anything there? Uh, it is a squatter page that says oh. foxandsons.com related links, house property sale, estate agents, estate review, oh. estate agents. So this actually Nothing might be... Nothing good going on there. There might be a realtor actually called Fox and Sons, for all I know. Oh. We'll take these so, um, yeah, okay. So so that's... I, I think we've, we've talked about the general excitement of the... Um, and I definitely, I mean, this is, I, I did, I mean, I don't know if, did you do this a lot? Like, I used to go to Barnes & Noble a lot and spend, like, a lot of time there. Oh, uh, that's a good question. Uh, so, from where I was at, uh, there was no real, the there was no real Barnes & Noble in my area. The closest thing was there was a, there was a uh, Borders up in Tri-County Mall uh, on the different plaza, but hard to access. Mm. So, no, nothing I could really, like, 
easily like get to because even taking the bus like up to Tri County sucked. Yeah. So not really. Okay. You know, I mean, I think if like it was like a family thing there, that'd be a big deal. But like, you know, it wasn't like a. It was kind of a pain. Yeah. Hmm. So no, I was, I just remember it being a very pleasant environment, very nice to hang out in. There was a Starbucks adjacent to it, you know, like a, a little mini Starbucks that was like built into the Barnes and Noble. Sure, sure, the cappuccino. Yep, yep, and um, yeah, it was just really nice. Um, the atrium here, really airy, good columns. Yep. Uh, yep. How tall is is Fox and Sons? Oh, I mean, it's it's at least two stories tall. Um, Tell me what you think. I mean, two stories? Two, two tall stories. I'm going to say like 30 feet tall. So you think it's two tall stories? Two tall stories, yeah. What if I told you it has five floors? Five floors. This is based upon a sign. It's a map in the back of the uh, the first shot. Oh. Of a map of the store and just five, five floors. How do they need five floors of books that are that? Are that that's nuts. Because there's so much demand. Crazy. You got to lure them in with the discounts and think of how many cappuccinos they'll sell. Crazy. Okay, so then, I, yeah, I want to talk about a couple things. One is the the coffee bar with the really good looking uh, lemon lemon uh, lemon oh, okay. tarts. Yeah, there's a neon sign and just it's a it's a symbol. It is just of a cappuccino. Cup. Oh, nice. It's very cool. Ah, oh, simple, elegant, exciting. So you would you would get what would your order? Would you get uh, would I you get, uh, would the lemon get tarts? A, I get a lemon tart and a um, well in 1998 I would have gotten a um, uh, you know like a hot chocolate or something. I, I yeah. would not have been drinking coffee in 1998. The the only okay so actually I have a correction. The only exciting Barnes and Noble was when Newport across the Ohio River opened a Barnes and Noble as part of their big mall development there. Mm. Uh, and uh, also this, I've I've never bought anything at uh, at Starbucks except for once I bought a blueberry muffin at that Starbucks in the in the Rookwood Commons. See sorry, the, Rookwood, the model Newport. works. Yeah, it was a, it's it's a good muffin. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. Uh, lunchtime man. Whoa, eh? lunchtime man. Yeah, you got very loud. So well, you told me how excited would I get, and apparently yeah. I did not know what would make me the most excited, which is lunchtime, <laughs> lunchtime man. man. So it's a really good gag because it's again it's 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 right at that sweet spot of. Um, oh yeah, I see the neon sign. Very nice. Um, it is oh, really good looking lemon tarts and brownies. Um, so this guy, so he's got, let's explain what's happening. So he's, yeah. he's sitting down in a, in a couch area, which has a one love seat, you know, two, uh, with, with, or, or is that a love seat, two person couch? And I think a love seat's smaller. This is like just, this is, this I think is a, three people could easily fit in that couch. Uh, I'd say two people could easily fit. Three people would be a little tight. Sure. A love seat or two people are tight. Sure. Okay. Uh, okay. So it's against you know, the so, wall and the yeah. wall behind him has a bunch of books. Yes. And these are all bestsellers. Yes. And then he, and then it's this little area with a table in front of the couch, and then there's two other sort of you know sofa chairs on the other side of the table. Yeah, it's, and, it's a it's a lounging nook. Yes, it's a lounging nook. And so he's basically claiming this whole space for himself, <laughs> entire couch and the table, <laughs> sitting down on the couch, taking and, and uh, there's so many good details here. So he's got a, he's got a black backpack. He takes out of that black backpack, uh, you know, like a, a pre-wrapped sub sandwich. Which, well, well, before you get into this, I'd yeah. say, you know, insofar as cocktail showed the uh, last yuppie poet or the first yuppie poet, yeah, uh, I think was the yuppie of the age. This guy, I'd say, is kind of the ultimate late '90s yuppie. Oh sure, oh he, totally. This yes. guy, I'd say, is might be in finance. Uh, I don't think this guy. I think he has a, a job. I think he's a quant. 
Okay, I mean, maybe. Uh, okay, all right. This guy's a quant. All right, sure. Yeah, sure. I mean, he's, he has like a doesn't he like was... a like a, a pull up, you know, vest. Yeah, kind of like that kind of quanty kind of thing. Yeah, he seems he seems, he seems okay. quanty. Okay, okay. But it's just weird. He'd be like, oh, you know, heading to a bookstore opening um, well, <laughs> on, a, on a weekday you know, or whatever. But okay, so he claims backpack down, backpack down, submarine sandwich out on the table. Well, that's the second thing. Or sorry, first a thermos, thermos. Uh, out on the table, which of course means he's not buying any of the. You know, he's he's he has not yet. To patronize the store, as far as we can tell. I, I'm yeah. pretty sure he brought all this with him. Which you can bring in. You're oh, allowed sure. to bring in a thermos of water. Thermos of coffee? No, you can't do that. Into Barnes & Noble? Probably not, right? Oh, no, you can bring whatever you want in. Can you bring your own food in? They are so... I mean, at least they were. I mean, that was the magic of Barnes & Noble. is you, They gave you space to do whatever you wanted to do. And they had confidence that at the end of the day, they were going to sell coffee... Uh, food, merchandise, and books. So the only rule is you can't go and like sell your own coffee to other people. To just go. That that they probably would take offense to, yeah. Or you know you can't like sleep there. Yeah. I, I mean I was it would be weird if I brought in like a pizza to Barnes and Noble and started eating my pizza in their Barnes and Noble. It would be weird, but I, I don't know that that was technically against policy. I mean, certainly there's no one at the door, like, checking that stuff, so. Yeah, I mean, the, he looks conf- He seems very confident that he is not going to get in trouble. Well, he's excited to finally have a Fox Books in his neighborhood, clearly. He's yes, heard right. about this model or, or experienced it elsewhere and can't wait to get... Because, I don't know if you noticed, he is first in line. <laughs> oh, is that true? That is great. That is Sandwich Man rules. I love him. <laughs> That Take a is look. so cool. Take a look next time we loop around. <laughs> yeah, that's coming up soon. That's funny. That is very funny. Uh, okay, so sandwich down. Uh, seems like a nice sandwich. Uh, thermos down, sandwich down, and then salt and pepper shakers down. Yeah, and these are nice glass, heavy salt and shakers. This is so cool. This guy is so cool. Uh, okay, lunch, lunch, lunch man, uh, sandwich man shot. Mm. Uh, there are a couple books in the foreground. The books in the foreground are a book called Are You Your Mother and Summers in Dijon. Oh. Uh, what's interesting about these two books is I am fairly confident after looking these up, these books do not exist. Yeah, I mean, maybe for books that prominent, they didn't want to clear the rights or something. Or no, I don't. They have so many. I mean, yeah, we, that's true. I, I have a list. I have a list of like twenty, thirty. Well, it's not that interesting. Right, because they talk worked about. with. It's in the credits. They worked with specific publishers and basically just probably got blanket approval for all their books. Yeah, know? I think the difference is when they have a book in shop around the corner, it's supposed to be uh, praise. In yeah. this shot, they're making fun of how vacant it is, and these are books which sound vacant. Summers and Dijon looks like yeah. a very dippy romance, and Are You Your Mother sounds like very dippy kind of, you know, whatever. Yeah, uh, like self-help book yeah, type exactly. thing. Yeah, exactly. And yep. I think they wanted yep. books okay. they made up. Uh, uh, yeah, I think that makes sense. And yeah. I think these are the only two they made up as far as I see. Yeah. Alright, that's cool. That's very cool. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, take a look and watch for Backpack Man. Yeah, watch it now. Yeah, or uh, Sandwich Man. Fox Books opening. It's a great shot because he's also pulling up. Wow. There he is. He is so cool. <laughs> he's got like a pleather jacket and his laptop bag. Excited. First to go through the door. And immediately, immediately goes to a. Clean. He goes to the staircase. He spins around. His yep. neck is craning he's out. So that is excited! So cool. He claims a sitting area and he starts <laughs> digging into that sandwich. Hell yes! <laughs> <laughs> so cool! It's so great. That's very good. Um, 
Yeah, so that's all I had on that scene, but I... It's, yeah, I, I mean, yes. we, we didn't spend that much time on it, but it's not a whole lot because there's not, you know, but what a great shot because it uh. does get the flow. I mean, I'm very curious about... I mean, okay, so your theory is that 30%, 35% was in front of the grating and then they had to move it somewhere. So they moved it up to the bookstore area and were carrying it around to some closet? Uh, I mean, no, I, I, I'm just saying it's equally plausible that it was somewhere temporary for the opening. And now that the opening is over, they're moving it back into storage or elsewhere yeah, or whatever. Okay, that's, that's a theory. That's yeah. a theory. Um, I mean, maybe it was inside in the front of the store in the, you know, so they could see it through the through the door and the gate. Uh, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Um, so that's one option. The other option is, yeah, they're still getting stuff into place. But it seems a little weird that they'd still be getting stuff into place, you know, on opening day. Absolutely. When they, when this, the rest of this clearly is really well um, orchestrated. So. Okay, so I have, okay, I have something, which is, uh, before we get into our other bits at the end, uh, just notes about how this was rearranged since the, since the s- screenplay. Mm. So the screenplay, they get to page, uh, right, line number uh, 1893. So, you know, 1893 in is when he leaves the shop around the corner. And then it goes to line 2690. So they skip ahead, like, basically a huge chunk before originally uh, they open... Fox books. Mm. So scenes we see later, such as a party, happen before the shot. But they decided while making the movie, no, let's make the opening earlier. Just interesting. I think that's oh, interesting. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I mean, I do think it flows nicely. No, I think actually, I think the 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 way it hits makes sense. I, I think it, I think it. I, I think when we look at a future scenes, just considering the future, would this be more or less interesting if this was pre-opening or post-opening? Because it's post-opening the way we're seeing it, but it was originally written to be pre-opening. I think that's just interesting. Um, I think that's fascinating. Fascinating. Uh, one more, one more th- uh, thing. There's a deleted scene. Uh, there's a deleted scene with Patricia Eden, hmm. Parker Posey's character. Uh, she is at an auditorium uh, talking about a new book they're opening uh, on Eden Books, which is her publishing house. It's mm-hmm. called Eden Books. And it's about uh, uh, Veronica Veronica Grant, who lives in her building. They met in the elevator, and she is a woman who had a very uh, – uh, a, a, a bunch – it's more of like a warts and all, like my tough life. This is everything – she had a bad facelift, so it's kind of played for jokes. Uh, and uh, she says, we're going to sell a million copies. We have a million copy preprint. So she's just, she's just selling this book all through Razzle Dazzle. And then we see Patricia Eden treat her assistant badly uh. and then uh, treat a uh, rabbi badly in a in a car. Oh, well, a that, yeah, that doesn't sound super fun. Well, I mean, it's more the fact she's just, she's just so busy with business, she doesn't treat people well. Yeah, you know. But in, I think we take these warts out of it because the scene was cut. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Okay, that's all I got. Okay. Um, well, then is it time for our favorite segment? Drink of the Up. Drink of the Up. Oh, right. Real quick. Drink of the Up before I get into the... I, there's, I think there's only one drink here, uh, which is the thermos. Uh, I mean, there's the all the implied drinks that are probably at that coffee bar. I don't, but... do, implied does not count. Um, yeah. I think thermos or the uh, the fish water is the only no, thing. No, you're not going to drink the fish water. Um, How old... Uh... Yeah, I'll, I'll go. Oh, yeah, the thermos, the the yes, uh, uh, liquid in thermos, sandwich guys, thermos of probably coffee, uh, probable coffee, Pro- probable probable black coffee would be the would, first thing I thought was actually it's water, but I don't know why I thought that, but it's probably coffee, probably black coffee, and he's too cheap to buy it in the 
store that he just went to the opening of. <laughs> yeah, so uh, it would be probably black coffee in thermos. Let's drink the up. Yeah, that's okay, drink cool. the up. All right, time for hack of the up. Absolutely. This is hack of the up. This is our hacking music today. It is. Uh, um, describe to me what are some things. Oh, this is where we find things that are, uh, you know, just imperfections in life that could be smoothed out through technology. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, knowing the prices of the books you're about to buy. That's interesting. Um, Something. I mean, he's very harried based on the fact that his uh, that his family members keep on uh, uh, almost saying his last name. Sure. If there's a way to silence your family members, that would be, you know, good for him. Sure. Um, uh, what, what else? I mean, what's Sandwich Man? Sandwich Man's having some issues. Um, is he? <laughs> Actually, he's living the dream. No, Sandwich Man is in perfect condition I don't here. Sandwich Man's having a good life. I could imagine it getting better. Sure. Like, what is one thing that, like, is Sandwich Man... Oh, gee, could his life get any better? Uh, no. He's, li- he's living the peak of existence. I, I, he really is. Um, I don't think there's ways to improve that. I mean, I, thought, I mean, one, one sense is just who is the most harried. And I'm the most harried person in these shots is Joe Fox. Yeah. Who's just in, in a hell right now. Yeah. I mean, he's in heaven and hell simultaneously. Yeah, something about knowing who people are before he goes into the shop or was. Oh, in the shop. yeah. If you need to know the identity of your of your shop girl before yeah. you talk to her, yeah. before you vote. Yeah. Uh, so if he could have a way to actually get a real time identification of, of employees, uh, that would be ideal. Sure. Uh, and I, I I mean, maybe you want to lock that in as, as the as the as the problem. Uh, I mean, uh, as the crack to be hacked. Sure, let's do that. Okay, okay, we're locked in. Uh, my suggestion for a hack uh, would be uh, put employees in the blockchain. Ah, yeah, okay. So their identities are verified at all times. Uh, news, uh, Rocky's just one. I know, I'm watching. Okay. Um, uh, the Okay, yeah, so all employees on blockchain. Yeah, okay. Any, um, other, any other way. Okay, so just imagine that you are... Just a regular man who owns businesses, and you're trying to scope out uh, rivals, and yeah. you just want to know the employees. Yeah, um, would, it'd would, be good if um, if each business had like a like a digital display out front, which had like pictures of everyone that was working that day and and their names and life okay. history. So you like you go into the store and you like punch card. When you when you check it in the day, yeah. but this and happens the, outside. Yeah, and then as it does it, it scans you and makes a hologram. Oh yeah, it, like a row of holograms out front. Yeah. Yes, and they just yep. scan the sidewalk. Yep. And then uh, you're able to kind of just scope out who yep. you're going to talk to inside. Yep. Which That's actually, be, like, imagine it just lets you know too how much service you're going to have because if it's this shop on the corner, you get four holograms, and you're like, oh, these four, okay. Then you go to Fox and Sons, and you have like probably like a hundred holograms hanging on the front. Sure. And it really lets you know this is going to be good service. Um, yeah. So that's an option. Okay. Uh, I think AR is an obvious option here. So he's got some glasses. That's your answer for everything. Yep. Glasses or contacts, and and that and he mm. can just see who everybody is all the time. I don't like it. Okay. AR is um, never going to catch on. Sure. Um. Uh, let's see. They've got a lot of computers in the store. Maybe there's like a computer he can go over to and like type in <laughs> like Apple II computers. Yeah, he goes over to like an Apple II that's available for the public and types in like, "Who is Shop Girl?" Yeah, he asks you twenty questions, and you can <laughs> say like, 
you know, is the employee you're inquiring about male or female? <laughs> and, and you say, yes or no, is it male? And it's like, do they have red hair? And you answer no. And then after 20 questions, they limit down which employee you're talking about. And then they say, here is their information. Yeah, that could be cool. Okay. Uh, okay, so who's, who selected the hack? You selected the hack. Okay, so you, you, you select, oh, I select the crack. So you select the hack. Oh, oh yeah, you select the, sure. Um, I think the holograms. I think we're gonna go with the holograms. I, I just think it would it would improve this scene as well as the Fox and Sons opening because I just would say, just imagine that crowd of holograms outside. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I would love it. All right, and okay. that's been hack of the app. What a hack! Oh, amazing hack! All right, and then we need to do the um, where's I view. Where in the air? Where in is that really what we call it? Where yes, in the it's, air? it's the software in the air. Hmm, okay, all right. Uh, where in the air? <laughs> if you have two different, I think you should reuse the same hacking music each time. This is. Well, I searched for software right, so sounds. That was interesting. Um, you can definitely tell that the brass are extremely quiet. <laughs> good, good music. <laughs> good music. You I guess I should not search for sounds. Uh, but you know something like software music. You don't always hit out of the park, boy. I mean, hitting water, you know, sound of water, always easy. Sound of helicopter is very easy. Yeah, this is tougher. This is tougher. To it find. is tougher. Yeah. Uh, you can do different modem sounds every week. That would probably work. Yeah, sure. Um, okay, this is the sound of software. In that, I think there's actually a band called Software, and I believe this is a song by Great. Them. Um, okay. okay. Is, we take the veritable where's I view. Yeah. Uh, we rank the movie as a whole as a whole, uh, up to this point as a whole, and then these five minutes as a whole. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, movie as a whole as a whole. Ready? Yes. Three, Three, two, two one, four stars. stars. Okay. Four. Yeah. Ish. Uh, movie up until this point as a whole. Ready? Okay. Three, Three two, two, one, four. four three, four four stars. Three to four, four, four stars. Okay. okay. Four okay, stars. Okay. Um, 3.75, I was going to say. I, I'm going to go with 3.75. I think it dipped a little bit here. Okay. Okay. Um, ready? Uh, these five minutes. Ready? Yes. Three, three, two, two one, one. Three two stars. stars. Two stars. Yeah. I mean, really. I mean, but that last minute. Oh, it's a. It's a good last. It's minute. a good uh, last. Uh, two minute. and a half stars. All right. That has been where in the air. We're doing well on time. I was worried we we're gonna oh, lose. Yeah. Uh, we're oh, no, like. We're uh, but actually, great well, timing. Well, which is good because we got some other stuff to clear through here, like contact info. Which is involved. Keep a good time. Here's okay. You here's we'll do it question answer style. You give me a prompt, I will answer it. I'll give you a prompt, you answer it. Ready? Okay. Three, two, one. I want to Twitter you at earful of. I want to email you at earful of or staff at earful of or staff at earful of What's it set up? What's it set up? It is not yet. I, I want to go to your website, earfulof.com. Good, 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 great. Wow, very nice. good. Very good. <laughs> Fantastic. That's very helpful. Okay. All right. And um, Kathleen Kelly, I own this whoa. store. That's Kathleen Kelly. She owns the store. That's nice. That's nice. Um, should we say goodbye oh, to 30s chat? She doesn't deserve this. She chat owns the place. Okay. You're not in 30s chat. What, you oh, 30s chat? Uh, I, they logged me out. 
Why do they log you out so uh, frequently? They never log me out. <laughs> it's weird. I'm back now. Hey. Oh, okay. Welcome back. Um, uh, my sound is now re-engaged, re but that's fine. I will just say to you, yeah. technology makes everything possible. The world is, is open to you with email. Email is uh, the great uh, leveler. But what you do with that power, uh, is, folks, oh, folks, it, it's, it's up to you. It's up to you. It's up to you.